Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Calabasas City Council meeting of November 13th, 2013. My name is Fred Gaines. I'm the mayor of Calabasas. All five of our council members are here, including Mayor Pro Tem David Shapiro and council members Lucy Martin, Mary Sue Maurer, and James Bazajian. Also, let me make a special announcement. At the end of our last meeting, we went into closed session uh, for a matter, a personnel matter, and took action, which was announced that night, uh, at two uh, hire Scott Howard as our permanent city attorney. He was our interim city attorney. He is now our permanent city attorney. So Scott, congratulations. Uh, thank you and welcome as our new city attorney. We will uh, move to the Pledge of Allegiance, which will be led by our Calabasas Cub Scout Pack 333. Please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. Ready, begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Color Guard release. Thank you very much. Thank you to our Cub Scouts who have a big event coming up this weekend. Someone going to be announcing that during our announcements? Okay. The Mayor Pro Tem will take care of that. We have approval of the agenda. Is there a motion to approve the agenda? Second. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Any discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? The agenda is approved. We'll now go to announcements and introductions. And we start tonight. Tonight's meeting is going to be adjourned in memory of our, the longest serving city commissioner in the history of the city, uh, David Brown, who we miss so tremendously. And we have a presentation. Uh, is it, are we going to go to the video presentation first? <clears throat> I know we have a video tribute. And uh, we'd, I think we'd like to do that first. And then we'll have uh, some speakers. Are we? Ready for that? If you want to get involved here, you can be part of the community. You, you don't feel lost. And, and I'm kind of a small town person. During his 47 years of living in Calabasas, Dave Brown was heavily involved in the community as a teacher, a father, and by volunteering his time and efforts to several local organizations, including the Audubon Society, homeowners associations, Santa Monica Mountains Trails Council, Sierra Club, and Malibu Creek State Park docents. I, I kind of believe in blending my landscaping with nature, you know. 
Among his many awards and recognitions, Dave was honored in 2008 with the National American Planning Association's Leadership Award for a Planning Advocate. I'm not an expert in those things, you know, and I don't pretend to be. But my job is not to be the expert, but to make sure that the experts are asking all the right questions. A resident of Calabasas since 1966, Brown served on the Calabasas Planning Commission from 1992 until September of this year. During his 23-year tenure on the commission, he was instrumental in the development of both the city's general plans and the development code. Brown also served on the advisory committee of the Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy and dedicated many years to the organization. During his 22 years of service, Dave contributed to the development and preservation of 55,000 acres and 110 parks throughout the greater Los Angeles region. You know, cities are exciting and dramatic and they have their advantages, but uh, uh, there's no place like home, you know. Dave leaves behind his two sons, David Clarence Brown of Catalina and Christopher Dunning Brown of Yuba City, California, his sister Tracy Wickwire of Lincoln, Maine, and many thousands of acres of protected open space in Parkland for future generations to enjoy and explore. For all your efforts, the residents, staff, and city council want to say, thanks Dave. That was a beautiful tribute. David was, uh, as they said, our former chair and 23-year commissioner of the Calabas City Planning Commission. So when you have a new city, uh, you need to figure out what, what that means. And in Calabasas, the reason, you know, one of the main reasons for the incorporation was to take control of, of planning and land use, preserve open space, plan for the development that was to come. And no one was more involved in that throughout our entire history. Uh, than Dave Brown. When you establish a general plan that is to be the constitution for the uh, growth and development of the city, he was involved in all of our general planning, uh, the initial general plan and the revisions, um, and, uh, and all of our zoning laws, and really every decision made by the city since its incorporation uh, until he passed. Uh, all of us at the city will deeply miss wisdom, vision, and stewardship of Dave Brown and uh, our entire Santa Monica Mountain community would not look the same nor uh, would we have in place the current environmental protections and open space were it not for his foresight and his vision and his actions through those many years. So we will miss Dave uh, tremendously. I want to call on my other fellow council members to make any comments and then I don't, I don't know if we have any planning commissioners. I saw Bob Leah here. I don't know if there's others who want to make comments and then a uh, number of the members of the family are here. So uh, I'll call, who would like to go first on comments from the council? Mary Sue? Well, I just, I just have a few things to say. I have so many stories about Dave, not only um, from the city's perspective, but also um, we carpooled to the Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy meetings. And there's so much to love about Dave, but one thing that wasn't mentioned in the tribute is that he was a longtime history professor and, and a, always a teacher and always found moments to teach and um, to enlighten me about not only about the mountains, but the history of our country and the world. And um, even my son, and, and, and we were talking earlier um, about an episode with my son um, 
uh, my son Derek and I were at Dave's house doing a little uh, tidying up. Derek was up on the roof sweeping and collecting brush because it was fire season that was coming up. And, um, and my son found a baby rattlesnake. And I do not like snakes. And uh, rattlesnakes I'm very fearful of. But Dave was there and he was calming and he gently told my son exactly what to do and not to be afraid and how to move that baby snake and, and save it and put it in a safe spot. And uh, down the hill they went. Dave didn't go too far, but my son cast it as far as he could and, and came back. And he talked about saving that ba baby rattlesnake for so long. And to me, that embodied um, what Dave was, a gracious, kind man who always found moments to teach the rest of us. And uh, I miss him dearly already. And um, this past Monday was a Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy meeting, and Dave had the same spot in the same chair. Um, in different locations, we traveled all over the greater LA area, and on Monday's meeting, they sat a rose in his chair. He is deeply missed. Councilman Martin. Um, just that Dave will be missed. He was, he was a great teacher. He, uh, he took me aside and taught me a lot of things when I first came aboard, and uh, he did love the mountains, and he's leaving such a legacy behind um, all his years of service to this city and to the uh, Santa Monica Mountains and just the whole open space. Um, he, will, he will be remembered. Um, so it was, it was a pleasure and an honor to know your father. James? Uh, I had known Dave about 20 years, and I always found that there was no one else in Calabasas who knew more about the um, history and the, just the topography of the area and the, and the background of all, in particular, of the land use battles that we fought over the years. Um, Dave and I used to have a thing going where, you know, because I was very much interested in history, I am very much interested in history, and he, of course, was a history professor, where we would try to stump each other on obscure political questions and historical questions, and I won't tell you who won, but um, it was a great game we used to play whenever we were kind of alone and had a few moments together. But he, his store of knowledge is just something that you, you can't get in any kind of archive or library or official register of records. It's just the history, the, the, the little obscure things that some people would say, but, but they're actually very helpful to a broader understanding of the region. And I can't tell you how many times I drew upon his knowledge when we were making important land use decisions. And uh, I, I, he was in declining health recently and unfortunately hadn't seen him in a while. But um, I wish the family the best and, and his memory will live on in Calabasas for quite some time. Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Thank you. And, and again, our thoughts and prayers and wishes for strength go to the family. Uh, Dave was someone who I got to know. He was a fixture in the city. He, he certainly was recognizable wherever he was, wherever you'd be at an event. He, his stature was, was very, very tall and stood out. Yet if you spoke to him, his words were a lot, a lot uh, more indicative of who the person was. Uh, I got to spend some time with him fairly recently. 
uh, where I was actually asking him a number of questions and we spent a great deal of time during that process with him teaching me, which we discussed a few minutes ago and, and has been alluded to what a great teacher he was about the history of the city and, and things that were so important to him, that the trails, the connection of the trails and the community and, and, and the open space. Um, so it is, a, it is a big loss. I noticed in the video one of the brightest moments, uh, at least that I saw on his face, was talking to that group of young children in the mountains in the open space. So again, sorry for your loss and our thought for all of our loss too. I don't have any cards. I don't know if there were any members of the staff or the audience who do want to make a comment. Maureen? Um, to all here tonight, um, it's hard to lose a colleague that you've worked 10 years with. Uh, he attended every meeting. Up until the end, he was reading his packages. He would still ask for additional information. It is remarkable that I can remember not one meeting where Dave Brown was not at his meeting, and this is volunteer work. He could have skipped a few days. Um, he always had dedication on that regard. He was always at every event of the city, every environmental event that ever was held. I do recall Dave. There's a picture of Dave somewhere there. Um, I've heard a lot of comments this evening about lifelong learning. I had the pleasure of uh, shuttling Dave from Los Angeles, from Calabasas to uh, Las Vegas and back. And so we spent five, six hours in the car together. I learned about the entire history of the United States. I know all about Paul Revere's trail. I know why women wear high heels, which is to show that they don't have jobs in the fields, that they were more important. They were walking on hard services and they weren't out in the fields as farmers. That all came from Dave. Um, and on our way back from Las Vegas, um, I don't know, all of you may be driving on that route, see that little sign that says Zizix. And David started to talk about Zizix. He said, let's go. So off we went, Glenn and I, and Dave went down the road, the worst road I think my car has ever been on in my life. And we got out and we were in the middle of the now abandoned Zizix. And we began looking at the UC Berkeley experiment to save the pupfish, which is one of the last species out there. And I think we spent three hours with Dave asking questions about the pupfish before we left Sizzix. A lifelong learner, a just a remarkable, inquisitive man. And again, a colleague so hard to lose. Is there anyone else from the audience before I call on the family? Yeah. At this time, I do want to call on, on his son, uh, Chris. And um, I know his wife, Linda, is here. And maybe you can introduce other members of the family there with you. Uh, thank you. Um, first, I'll, I'll introduce myself. Uh, I'm Chris Brown. I graduated here from Calabasas High School in 86. Um, my brother didn't have the honor of going to Calabasas High. He went to Agura. But uh, since Calabasas High didn't exist at that point, we'll give him a break on that one. Um, and I do want to say uh, thanks to Maureen and, and all the planning staff. You know, I, I am an AICP planner myself. Um, you know, I work in the planning field. Um, I have uh, for 14 years now. And uh, one of the proudest moments of my life, and you had, a, you had a picture of it in that wonderful presentation, was, was being there in Las Vegas and watching my dad receive that award and the, the smiles on his face. Um, his brother came uh, all the way up from Massachusetts. His sister came from Maine. 
um, with her spouse to, to watch that happen. And of course, Maureen shuttled him out there. And uh, he had had, I think he had just had a, a knee replaced or a hip replaced and, and he was having trouble getting around, but we got him a little scooter, I think at one point, just, just so he could enjoy Vegas. Um, and uh, seeing him on that stage and, and seeing him get the award and uh, in particular for me, um, knowing some of the family history, seeing the, uh, the vice minister for development in the People's Republic of China was the next person to get an award. And, I think uh, my father's family probably would have uh, was rolling over in their graves uh, coming from the North Shore of Illinois of, uh, on Lake Michigan. Um, to give you an idea where my father came from, um, one of his substitute teachers at New Trier School was uh, named Rumsfeld. Um, one of the kids a couple classes after him at New Trier School was also named Rumsfeld. Um, and that is, yes, the same Rumsfelds. <laughs> um, so he came from a very conservative community, um, a very wealthy community. Um, he dedicated his life to giving back um, to the community, whether it was through teaching, as, as we were talking about uh, before. You know, he taught for 41 years full time at LA Valley College. He could have taught at a four-year school, but he wanted to go to the students who needed the most help. Um, and the day after he graduated, after 41 years, um, he was back teaching part-time. <laughs> at the same school um, because he couldn't give it up. Um, and as a planning commissioner in the city and as an activist you know, in the community, I think you all saw that too. He couldn't give it up. He wasn't going to stop. He was going to keep going. Um, and uh, you know, he is, is a man of such a different era. Um, you know, his favorite song, and he used to whistle this when we were growing up, is... Uh, from the 1840s, it's a shaker dance song. I didn't even know the shakers had dances, but it's, it's a lovely tune, it's called Simple Gifts. It's actually been uh, re-recorded. Um, Yo-Yo Ma did a duet with Alison Cruz um, just about 10 years ago. It's a wonderful song, I highly recommend it. And Jewel did a version of it on one of her albums a few years ago. But my father was truly a trend leader <laughs> in liking a song that was over 150 years old. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, the most important message from my father's life, uh, the message I take, carry with me is, you know, you have to give back. Um, I'm a public servant myself. Uh, I work in government. I've spent time in the classroom as a teacher. And... Um, even though we, we say bad things about government employees, we talk about pensions, we talk about you know, all kinds of horrible things about government employees, you've got to remember that public service is the greatest thing that you can do. You're giving back to your entire community. Every one of you up there on the dais today could be at home watching a football game, but you're here tonight, and you're going to be here tonight till 10 o'clock. Your staff is probably going to be here tonight till 10 or 11. Uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And, you know, even though I don't live in Calabasas anymore, I appreciate your service. I appreciate the service of your staff. I appreciate the involved citizens who are here tonight. And I would also like to get a copy of that video that was absolutely astounding. I'd like to share it with his sister and, and the rest of the family. Thank you. We will, we will do that. It will be on our website forevermore as part of this meeting. Would you introduce the uh, other members of the family and guests that are here? Certainly, certainly. Um, my mother is there, uh, Linda Brown. Um, although they divorced in the early 70s, they were still good friends. Um, she spent many, much time there at the house the last several months. Um, 
My father's attorney, who's here, on not billing us tonight, thankfully. <laughs> you know how rare it is for an attorney not to do that, uh, is Greg Aftergood. And, and of course, that's my brother, David Clarence, um, there as well. Um, and uh, he's, he lives out on the islands, living the good life. Um, and then Maria is one of the caregivers who took care of my father. She's here, and as well as Lynn Patton, who's over there behind us as well. They were the two main caregivers of my father. Well, thank you so much for for being here. Your your father is way more important than the Vice Minister of Development of the People's Republic of China. And uh, and I'm not surprised to hear he went to Nutrier High School, which if you ever talk to anyone who went to Nutrier High School, they will immediately tell you it's the best high school in America. Right. Uh, and it is a uh, well, well-known nationally uh, as a great, great uh, school, yeah. incredible neighborhood. So. Thank you. We do have a certificate. We will be at the end of our meeting adjourning the meeting in memory of your father, David Brown. And I, I would ask at this time, I'm going to present you with this certificate in deepest sympathy. The City Council of Calabasas of California this day adjourned in memory and honor of David Brown. Thank you. And I just want to add that the Santa Monica Mountain Conservancy has named at the very top of Payuma an overlook after Dave, and they will be dedicating that probably um, in January sometime and if you haven't been to the top of Payuma um, you'll know when you get there where Dave's spot is it's a it's a newly padded beautiful beautiful location okay thank you very much moving on with our agenda we have relay for life city recognition and I believe we're, for this, we are gonna call on, are we calling on the Mayor Pro Tem or are we calling on Commissioner Jennifer Bursey? I believe Commissioner. Commissioner Jennifer Bursey. Sorry, I have a lot of stuff. So in the spirit of dedication and service um, that was spoken so nicely by Dave Brown's family, I also want to um, give thanks. Um, we are here tonight to thank the city of Calabasas for their participation in not only the 2013 Relay for Life, but in Relay for Life that they have participated in here in the city of Calabasas since 2005. So it's pretty impressive and we thank you guys very much. So I just wanna give you a little bit of information how you guys helped us. And for those of you that don't know what Relay for the audience, that doesn't know what Relay for Life is, it is the 24 hour um, signature event for the American Cancer Society for fundraising and education to communities. Um, so our event this year grossed over $164,000 and the average team made about $3,700. Um, you guys, um, as a team, raised $15,948 and reached the Sapphire um, status. So thank you guys very much. You were actually the second um, top team in the entire event, um, only being slightly beat out by our other presenting sponsor, Spirant. So thank you guys very much for that. And thank you to David Shapiro, who was the captain of your team, who raised $10,170 on his own. So thank you for that. And then um, other members of your team were also in the top 10 and um, in varying degrees throughout the event. So thank you all very much, Robert. Um, 
raised uh, $2,100 himself. So thank you guys very much for that. And I want to say again, thank you for already committing for this year and having your team online and ready to go. And anybody that wants to join the team, I'm sure you guys will welcome them. And we thank you for that. And I want to thank you guys very much with your contribution and your fundraising efforts helped us reach our million dollar mark this year. So we have been in existence from 2003 and we got to hit, we're, we're a bit over, but we got to hit that million dollars this year. Um, what else? Um, I also want to thank The Buzz and Channel 3 and the Parks and Rec Department for putting us in the brochure and showing the event on, on TV and putting us online and coming out to the event. Um, you know, everybody here is just so supportive and we really, really thank you guys. Um, our event this year, just so everybody knows, is May 17th and 18th. You can go to relayforlife.org backslash CA to sign up. And our goal this year is to raise $175,000. So we are hoping that everybody can help us participate in that. So we do have an award for you, if you guys want to. And who, who are your bodyguards that you brought? Oh, sorry. So this is, this is Marcy. She is our advocacy chair. And she has been a part of the event forever. <laughs> Did you have anything you wanted to say? We need your support. Please come out and join us for 2014. We are still celebrating that 100-year birthday event. So we need your support to party. And this is um, Stephanie Williams. She is our co-chair for 2014. And we are super excited to have her on board because she, like me, has 12 different things going at the same time. So um, we know she is going to do a fantastic job. Thank you, Jen. And thank you all so much for your support. And uh, get the sunscreen. Get ready. May 17th. All right. Well, go ahead. Sorry. And I just want to remind everybody that we are all volunteers. We are not staff. We're not paid, you know, getting paid to, to be here and do this. And just like all of you and the rest of the people that came out to the event are all volunteers. So we really thank everybody. We had over 830 participants last year. So we really thank all of those volunteers for coming out to the event. All right. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for being such a great leader for this incredible event, such an important cause, supporting American Cancer Society, Stephanie and Marcy and everybody. Our city staff is phenomenal in their support for this event. Uh, Robert Yalda and Maureen Tamari and many, many other members of our city staff are out there. And one of the great things of this event is it's seniors, it's kids, it's people from all walks of life throughout our city come together. Last year, I thought the music was awesome. It was just incredible. And, uh, and so I hope everyone will participate. And council members, at this time, if you'll join me, we'll take a photo. And, and we'll have the mayor pro tem accept the award on behalf of the city.
All right, thank you very much. We're gonna move on. We have the monthly sheriff's crime report. We keep waiting for you to say there's no report, but uh, you guys haven't quite got there yet, so go ahead. <laughs> um, this report covers um, last you, month's- Will you introduce yourself, please? Oh, I'm sorry, Lieutenant Bob Ward, Malibu Lost Hills Sheriff's Station. Um, so this, this report's gonna cover um, October's crime stats. And um, as usual, we're following, um, I have to follow you know, this nice tribute to David Brown and then Relay for Life. So I wanna thank the council for that. And maybe we can do adopt a pet next time. Um, something, maybe the bad news first. But um, actually, Calabasas is a very, very safe city. Um, and I'll quickly go over the crime stats that are available online. Um, and I will talk about um, the individual numbers. Um, the robberies, we had three in October. Um, two of those are by a group that's been dubbed the Cowboy Bandits. They've got about 25 robberies from Ventura along the 101 up through Santa Cruz uh, Valley, also down to Seal Beach and Glendale. So um, robbery, LAPD Robbery Homicide Division and also our Major Crimes Bureau are working that series. We had two um, in October by them. And the other one was a, uh, a, a theft at, at a local market where the person struggled with, uh, with the employee tried to stop him, so that constituted a robbery. Um, the one rape that occurred was actually uh, both individuals knew each other and had a dating relationship, um, so that was the one rape for the month. We had three assaults. Oops, I keep flipping. Three assaults. Um, one was a 17-year-old uh, a addict who assaulted her mother with a, um, a towel bar because the mother was trying to prevent her from using narcotics. Bless you. Uh, another one was uh, two roommates got an argument over marijuana. Um, so the, uh, the assaults aren't just random assaults. So. Um, but they do count towards the crime stats. We had one, one uh, auto theft um, was taken overnight. It was a 2003 BMW over uh, off a of 26300 block of Bravo. Um, LAP recovered that about a month ago. Um, burglaries, we had four for the, uh, for the month for residential burglaries. Um, if you are counting on the crime maps, there's actually five. The one, um, at the 24900 block of Palmia was not. It was actually uh, the resident was home. Three male blacks entered on a Sunday morning about 10.30 into the side yard, looked in her window, saw her, and then left. It was mistakenly uh, reported uh, on the crime maps as a burglary, but it doesn't count towards your crime stats, Mr. Corrales. Um, uh, one of the other ones was uh, the ex-husband's a suspect. Um, another one... Uh, the suspect um, was actually the daughter. She's an addict, different family, but uh, she burglarized the home of her mother. Um, the business burglary was, uh, was somebody entered into in one of the local markets and took stuff. They entered with the intent, so it was a burglary. He was arrested. Um, vehicle burglaries, um, we had 10 for the month. Um, with the exception of one in which a third row street was stolen from a GMC Yukon. All those burglaries out of vehicles 
have one thing in common. They all left their stuff in plain view. So I've preached it before. Um, if you're going to leave your iPads and your laptops, purses in plain view in your car, um, doesn't matter what you, city you live in, you have that chance that somebody's going to go by and take advantage of that opportunity. So please hide your stuff, put it in your trunk, take it with you. Um, we had four grand thefts for the month. Sorry. Um, one was actually copper pipe from Calabasas High School. Um, a golf cart was taken from an apartment complex. And then uh, an employee at a local business over about six month time period stole $5,000 worth of toner cartridges. Um, petty thefts, it's kind of along the same lines as, um, as the uh, vehicle thefts. Stuff left out in the open. Just the difference between the two is vehicle burglaries is the car's locked. Uh, petty theft is it's unlocked. So it's a quick rundown of the uh, crime stats. The maps are online um, if you'd like to see them or if uh, residents would. Um, Calabasas, again, is a very safe city. Um, please look out for your neighbors. If you see something, please call us right away. Don't wait and say, ah, it's kind of... Um, unusual and I'll call later on or I know uh, Guido DeSant Guido's uh, Deputy DeSantis he gets messages on his machine that people see things strangely and he's not there 24-7 but we do have a desk desk people that are so please call us um, it'll help us out it'll help the community out um, any questions for the um, crime stats and any uh, questions from the uh from the council, thank you for the report. You'll, uh, people should notice that serious crime is really pretty steady uh, at very low rates. Um, we did have first half of the year quite an uptick in in some of the uh, residential burglaries. residential burglaries and uh, petty thefts of phones and other things. That has leveled off to some extent. Um, going through the statistics, more than half, probably more than 75 percent of the time. Uh, those thefts and burglaries come from uh, unlocked vehicles or even homes. Um, so just locking your car and your door would cut those numbers. But it is important for people to be diligent to call when they see something. We're not used to doing that in the city of Calabasas. But if you see something unusual, please call our sheriffs. They're there. Let them check it out and, um, and follow up on those things. Thank you. Lieutenant uh, Ward, thank you very much. I don't know if uh, everybody knows, but uh, Lieutenant Ward is a 27-year veteran of the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. He is uh, was promoted lieutenant in 2011 and came to Calabasas. He's been with us here for, for over two years. He's been our service area lieutenant for the city of Calabasas. And he has just recently been uh, selected by Sheriff Baca to be uh, the commander of the Universal Studios substation. And so we are going to uh, lose him, and that is a big loss for the city. He's uh, been an absolutely wonderful uh, lieutenant and uh, uh, sheriff's personnel for the city of Calabasas. Um, we are going to miss you very, very much. Uh, and, uh, you know, how you're going to get the cuffs on King Kong and stuff, I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> We'll leave that. We'll leave that to you. I see that our captain, uh, Dvorn, is here, uh, and others from the department. I don't know if anybody wants to say anything. 
Uh, you're welcome to come to the mic and say something if you'd like. Can I veto that, Mayor? <laughs> uh, I but, don't know if any uh, of my uh, other council members want to say something. Uh, we'll start with uh, with uh, Councilman Martin. Thank you for all those walks to my car at night when you felt it was necessary. Um, you've done you've been a great service to Calabasas, and we've gotten to know each other over the past couple of years. Um, you will be missed. Uh, there'll be hard shoes to fill, but congratulations on your uh, your new post. Thank you. Well deserved. Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Uh, also, we will miss you. Thank you for. The no, that wasn't me. No walks. <laughs> but thank you for being here. Thank you for all your service to the community. And, and on a personal level, certainly you'll be missed. We'll have to come to Universal and have a, have a outing there to make certain we see you or a UCLA baseball game this year. Absolutely. I wish you only the best. Thank you. Thank you. Councilman Bazajan. I want to thank you as well. You've been a very calming presence in the... Uh, chamber when it hasn't always been calm here as you know as you well know and i appreciate your demeanor and your uh, professionalism thank you councilman martin uh, mauer well i don't remember voting on letting you go <laughs> i would have voted no um you you are uh you you've represented us wonderfully and uh, i told a story earlier tonight where we had one frequent visitor to our council meetings who was agitated and upset and particularly angry with the sheriff's department and would go on and on about why he didn't like the sheriff's department but he would turn to you and say but you lieutenant ward are okay <laughs> you are all right um but on a personal note i was struggling for a long time to try and get a comfort room built at the Lost Hill Sheriff Station. And for those of you who don't know, a comfort room is a place where victims of crime can go to compose themselves, to have privacy, to be interviewed in a, in a, in a calmer environment. And I, I just, it had stalled. And then you came. You were assigned to our station. And somehow you got that project, or me knocking on the door saying, no, you're the new guy. Well, this is what I've been trying to do. And not only did it happen, it's a great room. You have great taste in furniture. I got him a piece, a, a sofa, a donated sofa. And I didn't see it, but I, I assumed it was okay. And he says to me, well, it didn't fit. And I knew I had checked the measurements of the room and the sofa, and I thought it didn't fit. Well, I went by the station, and there it was, and it fit, it fit perfectly. And I said, what are you talking about? It fits perfectly. And you said, well, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't go with the carpet. And, and then another time I came by and you were there in your civilian clothes actually m putting up the TV screen for the DVD for the kids to play games on. And you didn't have to do all that stuff, but you put a lot of, I think, uh, a lot of TLC in that. And I think uh, what I enjoy most about that project is when you tell me what it's used for. And I think you really understood why it needed to be there too and that makes you special so i'm going to miss you and i'm looking forward to some free universal studio tickets yeah. and lieutenant ward we have a certificate for you signed by all five of us from the city of calabasas it is hereby recognize and thank lieutenant robert ward of the west of the Mal malibu lost hills sheriff's department for 
outstanding service to our community and wishes you the best in all of your future endeavors. So I'm going to come out and present this to you. In fact, if all the members will join me, we'll take a we'll take. Thank a you, and, and I, I want to thank um, the opportunity. I've had a great time meeting members of the community, working with staff, council. Um, you have a fantastic city. The residents are lucky to have a council and a staff like you and the care and, and the, the, the citizens in the community are outstanding. So thank you very much. It's been an honor and privilege uh, being assigned here. And the only reason I changed the couch is because I don't get to make those decisions at home. So I figured I could try and make them here. So. Now, now he's going to go all Hollywood on us. Okay, moving on with our agenda, we have a special presentation from the incredible Mountains Restoration well, we Trust. Have we have our announcements. Oh, I'm sorry. Debbie, sorry I got you up out of the chair. We are in a, in a moment, we're going to hear a presentation about the Mountains Restoration Trust uh, from the director, Debbie Sharpton. But before we do that, we're going to finish with our announcements and introductions, and I will call on uh, Councilwoman Martin. Okay, um, I wanted to thank everybody that participated in um, the foundation, uh, the Tubber Foundation uh, run that was on Sunday. It was um, very nice. It was well um, attended. Um, I didn't run, of course, but uh, <laughs> maybe next time. Um, I wanted to uh, to bring up that we're uh, starting and we're going to be starting a new program. We're bringing a program in um, called Straight Up that um, has been in Ventura County since uh, 2005, and it's a reality party for parents. So we're trying to bring awareness to parents that will then translate it into awareness um, of the kids of drinking and. Uh, drugs and partying, um, they'll expose you to this. So um, you'll, you'll get more information um, as that approaches. Uh, January 25th is when we're going to, to uh, try and do it in Calabasas. Uh, it's a home that uh, someone opens up and they stage it. So it's kind of an improv so that parents actually can see what happens at these parties um, that uh, the kids are attending. So there'll be more information coming up on that. Um, Sunday is uh, the 10-year anniversary of Amundsen's Ranch from 1 to 4. Um, 
so please um, attend. Uh, there'll be different festivities. There'll be hikes for families. Um, also, um, the, our Environmental Commission have chosen their uh, 2013 winners for the Recycling Drawing Contest. So if you'll bear with me, I just thought I would announce those winners. And excuse me if I pronounce your names incorrectly. Um, we have uh, Chloe Samuhi, Ellie Samuhi, who is a past um, environmental commissioner, both of her children um, won, so <laughs> congratulations to the family. Um, Evelyn Bortigas, Julian Sue Mackey, Kate Serno, Kevin Naziri, Olivia Trejo, Rachel Burke, Rihanna Akerara, Ruby Ellswick, Shaheen Kamal, Sydney Brinkman, Will Trumpeter, and Zoe Mentor. And these are kids from grades kindergarten through seventh grade that participated in a writing contest, and their pictures will be shown on the new calendar that will be coming out. Thank you. Councilman Bazajan. Want to first of all congratulate the Agoura Hills Calabasas Community Center on another uh, tr a successful trunk or treat event on Halloween, and hope that everybody enjoyed their Halloween as much as I did. Um, I did want to congratulate uh, the newly elected members of the uh, Las Virgins Unified School District Board of Education after the election on November 5th, uh, Angela Cupbill and Dallas Lawrence, and also to congratulate um, Leslie Stein on her reelection. I want to remind everybody that due to, um, I think, a, a rather wasteful decision, uh, we are having two separate elections in November. We have a special election to fill the state assembly seat out here on November 19th. So even though you've already voted on the traditional date um, of November 5th, please remember to vote on November 19th. It will very likely be at a different polling place as well, so you've got to check that. There's still a little bit time to vote absentee uh, or vote by mail, and you can always vote provisionally. Um, if you wish, or just walk into the polling place on November 19th for the um, uh, seat. Two candidates, Susan Shelley and Matt DeBobne, and th there was a primary earlier this year. So those are, my and then of course I would be remiss in saying that next week after the election, uh, the mayor and I will be, uh, now this is the eighth year we've done this, we will be doing our post-election show to discuss how Calabasas and different communities voted in these elections. Councilwoman Mauer. Can you tell us what percentage of Calabasas voters voted in the school board election? I haven't looked at the exact figure yet. We will have that next week. Um, just looking preliminarily, it was probably around 10%. 10% of our voters. All right. Um, the only announcement I have is a house, household hazardous waste and e-waste roundup. We're trying to keep these toxic chemicals and electronic um, waste out of our landfill, so we have these special collections. This one is on December 7th in Malibu. It's on our website from 9 to 3 at Malibu Civic Center, so I would encourage everyone to um, dispose of motor oil, pool chemicals, paint, um, oil filters, etc., as well as computers, keyboards, etc., and bring it 
to the recycling center and out of our dumps. Thank you very much. Um, I want to uh, wish everyone a happy belated Veterans Day. Veterans Day was Monday, and we are so grateful to all of the veterans who have served our country so well, including, of course, our own city manager, Tony Corrales, and many others. There's a wonderful article in this month's Calabasas Style Magazine talking about some local um, Calabasas High School grads uh, that have gone on to West Point and the Air Force Academy and are currently serving in our military, including uh, uh, Brett Everett, Josh Portman, Ryan Kramer, who was friends with my kids in, in high school, who's currently at the Air Force Academy. So I point you to that article to see what some of our young people are doing, and, and we salute all of our veterans. Um, some of our military people, as you know, are currently in the Philippines, assisting with the horrible tragedy that's happened there. And our hearts, of course, are out to the people of the Philippines and those who want to participate. There are a number of places to go, including the Red Cross and others. And I urge you to support those very worthy causes. I, too, want to um, congratulate the winners of the uh, local election, not only for the school board, Dallas Lawrence, a Calabas resident, and Angela Cutbill will be new members of the uh, school board, along with Leslie Stein's re-election, uh, but our colleagues, the incumbents in Agoura, have won, and congratulations to them, and also two of the incumbents uh, and a new member of the Westlake Village um, Council, Brad Halpern, and we look forward to working with all of those uh, all of them. Um, Councilwoman Maurer brings up the turnout, which is um, one of the more serious problems that we have in our in our city, in our area, in terms of uh, elections. That you know, when 10% show up, that means 90% of the people said, "I'm not taking the time to go vote in a school board election." What's what's probably the most important thing that goes on in our city, in our area, than the governance of our of our schools. Um, and uh, as you know, we have formed a committee led by our city clerk in the city to see what we can do. It's not a, just a Calabasas problem, it's a national problem. Um, uh, and we're, we are open to any suggestions and look forward to a report early next year of some things we might try to do to up uh, participation in our local elections. Um, I have good news. We had, I had previously, we had previously uh, announced that um, the city had been sued over the adoption of our uh, cell tower regulation ordinance. Um, that suit went to trial uh, uh, this week, and the city was, uh, a, a preliminary ruling was issued. We're still waiting a final judgment in the case, but the preliminary ruling of the court was uh, positive for the city on most issues. There was one issue, the issue of regulation of RF emissions, um, that the court found that federal law preempted certain sections of the, uh, of the city ordinance, but uh, on, in all other areas, the city ordinance was uh, upheld against challenge. So we will be getting a final report on that, both at, the, um, at our uh, technology, Communication Technology Commission and also at the City Council when the final ruling uh, is is made, but uh, um, we're pleased with uh, with uh, with the decision that we've heard so far, and uh, look forward to having that be completed and come back to us for a full report. And lastly, did you have, did you have another announcement? I didn't make any yet. Oh, you didn't make any yet. I went ahead of you. Then before I go, then before I go to lastly, I'm going to go to the mayor pro tem, David Shapiro. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, uh, I just wanted to mention a couple events that occurred this last week, and uh, Monday was Veterans Day. Our local scouts uh, from Calabasas, Hidden Hills, and Malibu 
put on an amazing program over at the VA uh, hospital and, and the community in, in Westwood along with the Calabas High School Jazz uh, Combos and it was a barbecue, it was a great event and I congratulate all those and thank all those who participated. Uh, like like uh, Councilmember Martin, uh, the Calabas Classic was fantastic. Thank the Talberts, the Cordascos, teams Matthew and Grayson. If you didn't get a chance to see it, hopefully next year uh, you do. It's, it's an amazing show of spirit and uh, a lot of love out there. It was a great event. Um, we went uh, as part of our program. The city council grants money to the PFCs at our schools, and we had a, a great event, a uh, great opportunity to present those funds. Uh, we give Title I funds and city grants totaling a total of $250,000 to our Calabasas schools. At the recent uh, PFC meeting, at Lupin Hill, the children at Lupin Hill wanted me to bring back a huge thank you to the mayor and city council and our city staff signed by as many students as they could get with a lot of art on there thanking us for allowing them to maintain their art and other programs that are funded with these funds. So I present that to you. Uh, I just wanted to announce quickly this weekend at the Commons, both Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 5 p.m., is the second annual Cub Scout Pack uh, 333 that was Cub Scout Troop that was here, 333, second annual food drive. It's a drive-through event, so if you have some extra food in your home, if you're at the store and can pick up a few cans of food, put in your car, drive right up. They'll be happy and appreciative to take that food. They're collecting the food for the West Valley Food Bank, which is a very worthy organization, especially during the holidays. So Saturday and Sunday in the Commons, drive right up and you'll be able to donate those uh, foods. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, and just finishing my announcements, uh, just uh, going back quickly to a second to the litigation matter, I, want, I did want to say that that uh, litigation matter was argued to the court by Holly Watley, who has been our assistant city attorney and handled a lot of our matters, and she was also honored in the Daily Journal in the last uh, couple of weeks as one of the top, was it 25? Top 25 municipal lawyers in the state of California, both her and Michael Colantuno, uh, the, um, the managing partner of our firm that we hired to do our legal work here at the city, were honored in that category, so uh, congratulations uh, to them. And finally, uh, weekend before last, we had quite a wild weekend at the at Calabasas High School, uh, and uh, a lot of news and uh, coverage. And first of all, congratulations to Lily Cohen and Greta Melendez, our Calabasas homecoming queens this year. Uh, that was um, it was very exciting. I, I was there, and Mayor Pro Tem was there when they were announced, and it was it was uh, it was uh, a very exciting. Unfortunately, there was a little damper on the on the day because earlier that day was the tragic shooting at Los Angeles International Airport. And um, these shootings that we seem to watch virtually weekly all over the country at airports and and malls and 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 uh, movie theaters has hit Calabasas. And uh, the the one non uh, law enforcement officer that was injured that day was Brian Ludmer. Brian's a teacher at Calabasas High School. He's actually the director of our of the tech of the, the tech director for the performing arts center and teaches uh, stagecraft and lighting and sound to the to the students there very very beloved teacher was very badly injured he is he is doing well um, but will has many months of recovery ahead of him for um, uh, for his injuries 
Um, there has been a fund set up for him that I know a number of people are participating in, and you can go to youcaring.com, uh, youcaring.com, and contribute uh, to uh, the fund for his uh, recovery and to cover expenses that he is incurring. Uh, and we hope to have him back soon. But what was more, even more remarkable was the reaction of the students at the school who wanted to do something not only to support uh, their teacher, to support uh, Mr. Ludmer, but also to speak out against gun violence. And they had the students themselves organized a rally, um, and, uh, and it was very well covered in, in the media. I was asked uh, to speak at the rally, and I did. Mary Sue and I are both members of Mayors Against Illegal Guns and have taken very public positions on some of the things that we would like to see done to, uh, to maybe make some of the weapons that were used in this shooting and other shootings and ammunition and other things less available to, uh, to people. Anyone who wants more information about that can go to mayorsagainstilegalguns.com. But uh, the students talked about how uh, there are three, 316 million guns in the United States. There are 30,000 gunshot victims a year that someone is killed every 17 minutes, and eight kids are shot every day in the United States. And uh, we watch it on TV and we say, well, it's in Connecticut and it's in Colorado and it's uh, in New Jersey and it doesn't affect us. Well, we've been hit. And uh, I, I hope people, whatever your view on this issue is, will speak out because action needs to be taken. And I hope that we can follow the lead of our students at Calabasas High School and begin to take action on this important issue. With that, uh, we are done with announcements. And um, we are now at the special presentation from the Mountains Restoration Trust. Debbie Sharpton, thank you for being here. Welcome. And thank you for all the incredible things you do for us. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, council members, Tony, staff, for allowing us to make this special presentation to the city of Calabasas. Uh, I'm ex Debbie Sharpton, executive director of Mountains Restoration Trust. We are a land trust, a nonprofit and a public benefit organization focusing on the awesome Santa Monica Mountains. This uh, mountain range is a unique unique environment that we all cherish and I know we all enjoy and and we are here to protect it to educate people about it and to restore the degraded uh, habitats that occur in this type of ecosystem. Mountains Restoration Trust was established in 1981 by the State Coastal Conservancy and the State Coastal Commission primarily to implement the Transfer Development Credit Program. We emancipated in 1984 with the uh, donation of some land from the Nature Conservancy. We're very similar to the Nature Conservancy in our structure, but we are very local in our focus, whereas the Nature Conservancy is worldwide. We have three areas, in, uh, three programs that we focus on our acquisitions and the majority of our acquisitions occur in Cold Creek which is a neighbor to the city boundaries on the south side uh, Stunt Road, Maholland Highway, Saddle Peak Road is the 1600 acre preserve that we own we manage about 500 acres for the uh, county of Los Angeles and the state um, Santa Monica Mountains Conservancy we partner with all of the agencies in land management, the state parks, national parks, 
um, county, city, uh, to effectively manage these natural resources that are very special. We have restoration that we do. We do voluntary restoration. We do involuntary restoration where we mitigate for negative impacts occurred by uh, violations or development that are unavoidable. And we do education. Headwaters Corner at Calabasas is a project that we started in t the year 2000 with the city of Calabasas. We have been partners on this program, this project for 13 years now. And it has grown from a two acre acquisition to an 80 acre acquisition which is now Wild Walnut Park and Dry Canyon Park owned by the state, the Wild Walnut Park's owned by the city. Uh, then uh, 10 more acres to be an interpretive center for environmental education. And I, that's what I want to focus on today. This is part of the Dry Canyon watershed. Dry, uh, Dry Canyon Creek is a tributary, headwater tributary of the Los Angeles River. It flows from the ridge line of Old Topanga and Mulholland Highway down to the Old Town Calabasas where it joins McCoy Creek and becomes Arroyo Calabasas. Arroyo Calabasas joins Bell Creek at Canoga Park High School and that's the start of the LA River. So you guys are connected to all of these cities that go all the way down to Long Beach which it makes it very exciting uh, to work in this watershed. It's a unique north-facing slope of the Santa Monica Mountains. Has a lot of biodiversity and richness. This is an acquisition map, and I apologize for an error. It, it neglects to show one of the acquisitions we did in 2002, I believe, of the end of Dorothy Road. There's a lot of small lots there that were retired, um, purchased by the city of Calabasas. Um, there's an effort by multiple agencies to acquire the lands um, connecting the, the park lands of the major holdings of Topanga State Park, uh, Cold Creek, Malibu Creek State Park for wildlife corridors and this area on the south side of the city is critical for that. On our education component at Headwaters Corner we do a lot of different programs and before I go into the, um, well, let me just say that we do uh, environmental programs through our restoration. We do a lot of hands-on community participation. Every weekend we've got crews out in Malibu Creek State Park, Cold Creek, Headwaters Corner, where people can come out and help make a difference. We've got a, an incredibly popular program right now with crayfish removal in Las Virginas Creek and Malibu Creek. Uh, young families have found it incredibly appealing. So I have these parents with one-year-olds one on their backs coming out to, to pull crayfish out of the traps. It's really fun. Um, but right now I want to focus on what we're doing with Calabasas High School and I'm fortunate to have Megan Swanson here from the Science Department of Calabasas High. Megan's going to tell you about the program that she's doing at Headwaters Corner. Uh, good evening. 
Um, so some of our students from Calabasas High School who are enrolled in our environmental biology classes have been working at Headwaters Corner to set up four transect sites to study the restoration of the riparian ecosystem there um, along some of these creek beds. And so at the beginning of this year, um, I met with some of the staff at the MRT office and we selected four sites along the creek beds to set up transect lines and put down permanent flags to mark our areas. And last month, um, we had two classes go over for the first time and take data on all four of our transect locations. Uh, so right now, they've been working on creating a Google Doc that we can share publicly that has information on the native plant species that we found in these locations, um, as well as looking at the total plant cover that we're finding um, in these different parts of the, of the headwaters corner. And we'll actually be going back tomorrow and again monthly to continue to collect data on these sites. Um, in addition, we did have a few students last week who participated in the crayfish removal. And we've also been using some different citizen science apps to when we make our visits to uh, Headwaters Corner. I have a quick question. How is that Google document shared with the public? And if so, what's it called? Um, it's available on my class website right now, but I could share it with you um, through email if you want. It is um, right now it's just being shared with some of the staff members at the MRT and my students. Okay, I'll, I'll give you my email. All right, great, thank you. And we've been working with the high school for as many years as I've been over there. And it's exciting to see how it's maturing. Uh, Dr. Bennett has uh, uh, been a driver in getting everyone involved in hands-on type of, of education. So it's really exciting. One of the things that we're putting into place next week is um, a remote learning program to the city of Calabasas, uh, to the Calabasas High School, um, Debbie Bennett's classrooms that can't get out. We've got a video going on in Malibu Creek of our crayfish and our stream ecosystem uh, research work and a live video feed into the classrooms over Skype where the, the kids can talk to the researchers in the field. So it's really exciting. It's something that the National Park Service was doing for remote, um, very remote locations where not too many people can get to. Um, and so we, we've brought that program over into Headwaters Corner. Um, these, this is a list of some of the schools uh, that we work with on a pretty regular basis. We have a lot of uh, Eagle Scout projects that we do at Headwaters Corner. We have the, the, um, the women's, young women's equivalent, uh, which the name escapes me at this point, but um, a lot of scouts. I, in fact, one of the scouts that came Saturday to do some plantings was there as a Cub Scout. And I remember him and, his, and that project. It was in 2006, and they were planting grasses then, and, and it, was, it was very nice to see how it all matured. MRT's got a great group of docents that we do a day trip program at Stunt Ranch, which is the UC Reserve uh, facility in Cold Creek. They uh, have approximately four to 5,000 students that come to that program every year. They like to focus on the Title I schools in the LAUSD. However, it is open to everybody. 
and then our shrub, Students Helping to Restore Unique Biomes, has been done at Headwaters Corner for uh, multiple years, uh, where we've been working with uh, the city on, on doing plantings at Wild Walnut Park. Uh, it's a very popular program. The kids plant their own trees, and I've heard them bring their parents back and say, look at Daddy, there's my tree. You know, it's very, very uh, rewarding. We have a lot of partners that we work with, uh, funders. We um, recently were awarded uh, some money through NIFWIF from the Edison Company for our crayfish project. Uh, FedEx has funded us at Crayfish, uh, Wells Fargo, the local fly fisher clubs have uh, come, out, come out and volunteered. Uh, we do regular programs with Tree People, Heal the Bay. Um, all the Tree People's work out here is work that we do with them. It's so it's nonprofits working together. We have special events. Uh, native plant sale we have in the springtime at Headwaters Corner promoting the use of non-native, I mean non-native, promoting the use of native plants uh, to save water and also to create habitat. Um, Dry Canyon Creek was a, a subject of a big restoration project that um, we partnered with the city on. Uh, started in 2006. 2007, we finished the grading. We've got uh, lots, of, lots of plants that have come in. The stream is a lot, a lot uh, happier now that we've done this restoration. Uh, Channel Islands University comes out and studies it on a regular basis. UCLA graduate students um, do their master's work out there. Uh, I work with Pepperdine and um, CSUN. There's quite a, a bit of uh, research that goes on. There is a master plan for Headwaters Corner that we are, have been slowly implementing. We were hoping to um, do more uh, to get the facility to the point of, of, of maximum use. And of course, Headwaters Corner includes the Masson House, which is historical landmark number one for the city of Calabasas. It has a section of it that dates back to the 1890s. And it's been measured as the minimum area needed in order to file a land patent under the Homestead Act. Uh, it's a great example of how houses morphed in our um, earlier times, when a family grew, they added on a couple of rooms, and then they added on some more. But uh, uh, the, the facade you see now is from the 1920s, and nothing has changed since the 1950s. And so the kids love it. It's our nature center, and they just really like to be inside. Uh, and that's it. That's a picture of Cold Creek with the lupins. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. You do a great job. It is such a great resource for the city. We're so happy to host uh, the Mountains Restoration Trust and to have all your great work here in the city. Do any of the council members have any comments or questions on the presentation? No, thank you for your excellent work. You know, I just um, wanted to say how much I enjoy working with you on the Headwaters Corner. And I think people should be aware that the reason restoration is so important in the Santa Monica Mountains is because it's a very rare Mediterranean ecosystem. The mountains and the shrubs and the bushes that you see around us 
um, is a part of an ecosystem. There are only five in the entire world. And you can find it here in the Santa Monica Mountains. You can find it along the coast of Chile, the tip of South Africa, Australia, and of course in the Mediterranean. But it's important that we hang on to it and restore it um, as best we can. So thank you for all your work. Can I just say that there's, there's only 2% of the landmass that has that type of ecosystem. And of the original Mediterranean ecosystem, there's only less than 20% left because it's where people like to live too. So it's, it's pretty uh, threatened. Any other comments? Just again to say thank you for all your great work and hopefully you raised a lot of money the other night. That was thank a, a wonderful event. and. Uh, Thank you. It's really exciting to hear all that's going on with Calab our own Calabas High School students as well. Thank you for that. And I'd like to thank you as well, Debbie. It's been great working with you, and we'll continue to uh, to bring some new things in. And uh, I'm glad that that the high school is getting more involved and in the uh, the program. Now we just get the residents uh, more involved in what's going on, and it is very important work that you're doing, and thank you for all the time that you're putting in and doing that. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, we are now at oral communications public comment. I have one card, it's unclear to me whether they actually want to speak. Kat Chima, it's Kat, did you want to speak? Kat, welcome. Thank you. Uh, council members, Tony, Scott, I'm here tonight on behalf of the Art Rental Committee to thank all of the council members for their continuous, generous support of the art program. The residents of Calabasas are so fortunate to have a rotating art gallery available to them right here in our own library and city hall that changes every six months. I invite everyone here to visit both spaces and to enjoy, the, to enjoy the new art rotation that was installed just yesterday and today. I'd like to call everyone's attention to one piece in particular that we put up, and that's this large piece over here to my left. The artist Liz Knees is particularly interested in space, and this piece is embedded with actual Excuse me, with actual meteorites. They were from a fall in Boxhole Crater in Northern Terri Territory, Australia, in June of 1939. They are an iron type specimen with some nickel in them. They're very heavy, and I think they're very interesting. I hope you enjoyed the installation. And again, I just want to thank all of you for your support of the program. I think it's, we're just very lucky to have it. Thank you. Kat, thank you very much, and thanks, thank you to the, to the art committee. I love the new pieces. Got to come down to City Hall and to our library, see the new pieces that are up. And um, uh, we appreciate all of your work and all the rest of the committee. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to add, I thoroughly enjoy the rotating art as well, and I would encourage our residents, if they do visit the library, to come over to City Hall and, and take a look around every, how often do you switch it? Every, it's every six months. Every six months. It's fantastic. I really enjoy it. I know after the, um, I go to the Savvy Senior Art Lectures on Friday mornings, and whenever I see people in the library, I invite them and I'll walk them over to the City Hall and bring them into City Council. That's wonderful. And Thank you for your work. Seems to like it. Thank you. 
And some of us are just happy to see that the con construction has been completed at the front desk of the City Hall and we're back to having some beautiful artwork. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I have no other cards, seeing no other speakers in the audience for oral communications public comment. We'll move on to the consent agenda. Is there a motion regarding uh, the consent agenda? I actually, I noticed on the consent agenda, one is the appointment of Andrea Diamond. Is Andrea here? Yes. Right there. Okay. Yes. Um, well, I would still move the consent agenda. Second. Very good. Is there any discussion on the consent agenda? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? The consent agenda is completed. Andrea, congratulations on your appointment. Do you want to come up and introduce yourself at the, at the microphone? Andrea is our newest member of our Calabasas Environmental Commission. Good evening. I apologize for my dress, but I came from work. <laughs> um, I'm a science teacher, and I run a uh, art and science enrichment academy in Thousand Oaks. And I've lived in uh, Calabasas for 12 years. I think it's going to be 13 years. And I've been very involved with mostly environmental issues, historical society, and I want to thank you for your vote of confidence. Well, thank you for volunteering. We appreciate it, and we look forward to your service. I was very impressed with your resume and background, and thank I think you. you'll be a great addition to our commission. Thank Looking you. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Our next item is a public hearing. Is this my scripted item? It is. Agenda item number three is a public hearing for consideration of the following matter. Introduction of Ordinance 2013-308, adopting by reference, pursuant to Government Code Section 50022.2, California Code of Regulations, Title 24, the 2013 California Building Standards Code, Parts 2 through 6, Part 8, and Part 11, and adopting local amendments thereto in accordance with California Health and Safety Code Sections 17922, 17958, and 18941.5. The proposed ordinance is exempt from CEQA per CEQA Guideline Section 15061B3. Has the proof of posting and publication been filed for that this hearing? It has, Mr. Mayor. No correspondence was received. Thank you. The public hearing is now open. Are there any changes or additions to the staff report? No. There are none. Does uh, Do any council members requ request a staff report beyond the materials that were provided in the uh, uh, agenda? I think it would be helpful to do this. Um, it's very easy to understand the concept we're adopting the state code. What's more important is to just mention and describe in, in brief those aspects of the local amendments that we're keeping because they're very minor and I went through them, they didn't seem to be any of the problematic ones, they're just things that apply to Calabasas and I want the community to feel very assured of that rather than just reading the summary which says there's local amendments. I mean that, that has a lot of connotation from the past, it's negative. So I would like to have those described. Very good. If the staff would give an abbreviated report focusing on the items suggested by Councilman Brazajan. Yes. There's uh, <clears throat> three amendments that will be in the building code. There's one new amendment that's regarding the appeal board process. 
and the city manager's ability to nominate an appeal board that's appropriate for the issue being appealed. Uh, the nomination would come before council for your approval. Uh, the other uh, amendments coming into to the code are historic, ones regarding the Green Building Standards Code and our ability to make checklists. Those checklists would uh, tell the uh, community what projects are uh, subject to the Green Building Code. Instead of just brand new uh, residential structures or brand new commercial structures, RV, uh, any project that requires a building permit would have to implement at least one green building measure. The other historic amendment is regarding emergency placards and the information that needs to be on those placards when we post them on buildings that we've inspected after an emergency. And that's it. Okay, are there any questions from the council regarding the staff report? Well, I have one question. Uh, would it be possible uh, not to put this in any statute, but just for the council to provide direction that all future local amendments to the building code um, not be placed on consent, that they be clearly marked and with a staff report, et cetera, so that we can monitor any possible problematic things that may come up? You know, I don't, I don't know if we need a rule on that. I think staff can use that guidance. And of course, anything that does come no, up, I, I, I think it, off, you have to anyway, because they become part of the ordinance. And, right, and if the it's only part of the way ordinance. You, you, can, you can approve the ordinances for council, the modified ordinances for council. Right, that's, that's correct. It would, it would have, have to, to be a public hearing. It's a legislative so. matter that will come and, from very well. And, and, and so, you know, just another clarification. We went from, uh, and, and I just told them to scrub it, because if, if it isn't absolutely necessary, then let's not have them, because it, 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 it avoids any issue with anybody that somehow we've got arbitrary local amendments. So we went from 71 pages uh, of amendments to probably 12. And you saw the red line where we redlined the whole thing. And so really right now, it's, we're, we're, it's the state code and the three local amendments that, uh, that the building official mentioned. And then we will be coming back to you when the county adopts the, uh, the fire code for the county and then that'll come back separately so that the council can adopt uh, the county fire code and really that that's the only issue that's the only points to, to this thing very good are there any further questions from the council yeah, yes councilman I, martin um i just had a, a question on the appeal board um it says that they'll have no authority to really make any kind of a a call to consider decide or rule so exactly what will the report the appeal board be able to do well, may, uh, we, we, the city attorney can probably okay. answer that better mr. mayor members of the council the appeals board uh, process that you have outlined in your code is very similar to the process outlined uh, under state law the appeals board rules on what they would call non-specific building code issues such as changing materials uh, change in methods of, of construction and, and those similar types of issues uh, both under state law and as you have it before you tonight they have no authority over code enforcement related issues and they have no authority to waive any provisions of the code so it's really materials construction and uh, methods of construction 
But they do have decision-making authority on uh, those uh, issues. Uh, they have final decision-making authority over yes. those issues. Yes. Okay. That was my question. Any other questions? We do have a uh, speaker, so I'm going to uh, go at this point to our public hearing. And I have one card. Anyone else would like to speak on this should fill out a card and hand it to the city clerk. Michael Prisker is here to speak on this matter. Michael, welcome. Good evening. Thank you. I'm Mike Pisker, a resident and a former member of the Building and Safety Appeals Commission here. Before I get into the heart of my comments, just a request for clarification as we move forward. When you, we use the term local amendments, uh, please um, distinguish between county or proposed county amendments and city amendments. Uh, we have in the past dealt with both and it's useful uh, for the citizens hearing your dialogue to know which ones you're referring to. Uh, I am here tonight primarily. We have to no county you. amendments. Sorry. Just just okay. wait wait for the speaker to finish. Oh, I, I he said there's no county amendments, but your time will be added. Thank you. <clears throat> I am here tonight primarily to remind the council that you both individually and collectively have promised me and the citizens of Calabasas that there would be no more city amendments. In reviewing the agenda, it was difficult to figure out what is being proposed. Uh, the attachments were not typical of the way these items are usually presented. Um, the red line compares the 2013 proposed code to 2010. But I did not see a red line comparing our proposed 2013 versus the state or the unedited state's uh, CBC. This would be very helpful for the citizens. I could not determine if the county's amendments are being proposed. Uh, in general, I support LA County's structural amendments, uh, but if we consider any of their administrative amendments, I think we should uh, have a public review and discussion before their adoption. Um, in addition to what uh, Sparky, a building official, outlined earlier, the amendments proposed um, include uh, discussion about the appeals as the city attorney mentioned, but would not allow for, so it, it allows for, um, I'm sorry, I lost my, my thought here. Uh, appeals for consisting of materials and construction methods, but would not allow for appeals of disputes with the building department. Uh, <clears throat> having dealt with many uh, appeal matters, appeals for materials and construction methods are usually seen in large cities where projects like football stadiums and high-rises are built. In our 22-year history, we have not ever seen one appeal of the nature uh, described and allowed by the proposed amendments. Uh, the type of appeals we need are for resolution of alleged NOVs and disputes with the building department. This is a really big deal to the community. Uh, passage would eliminate, um, passage of the proposed amendments, what's before you tonight, would eliminate fair procedure and due process. Uh, as proposed, residents would need to go directly to the courts to have their uh, disputes resolved. So tonight I'm requesting that the council uh, conduct first reading only of the state code. And if considering uh, county amendments, which thank you, Tony, I guess you clarified they're not there. Um, we re-agendize with a red line to see those before uh, we adopt those in the future. And finally, um, I, I believe we need to again have a standing um, Building and Safety Appeals Commission 
they may not be called up frequently. They don't need to have regular meetings like the Planning Commission and our other uh, commissions, but they would be there, uh, hopefully appointed by the council uh, and ready to deal with uh, some of the matters that I think we need dealt with. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I have no f other cards and see no one else in the audience, so at this time I'll close uh, public comment on this matter and bring the matter back to the council. Is there, are there any further questions or discussion, or is there a motion at this time? I would move to uh, adopt the resolution the way further reading. It's been moved. Is there a second? Second. Moved and second. Any further discussion? Uh, I just wanted to clarify if you could um, respond to the point that our appeals process to date has not included any disputes over materials? Correct. But not, what not kind of appeals do you see? We don't see any to date that I'm aware of. We have not had an appeal? No. And, okay. and in the 10-year history I've been here and speaking to the building officials prior to that, um, we have not had appeals. Um, again, we're doing mostly routine types of construction activities out over here, and I think as the speaker mentioned, in larger cities you're going to see appeals for uses of much different materials. So, for example, um, in the history of the city, once upon a time, there wasn't a, um, a straw bale ordinance. Now the code has caught up to a lot of these unique materials and has already incorporated provisions for them. So um, appeals for those types of uses of odd materials are, are just, the code is doing a very good job keeping um, on top of current trends and materials, and that's why we're not seeing them. And, and if a resident does dispute a decision made by the building official? Uh, maybe I can add some clarity to the statement at the uh, podium there. Uh, the appeal process that the gentleman references may be better suited for Chapter 8.20 of the Municipal Code, and that's the Public Nuisance Abatement Chapter. Uh, if you want to dispute uh, notices of violation, which are regarding code enforcement cases, uh, law enforcement cases, that, that's the forum for that discussion and, and not our uh, state building codes. You agree with that? Completely. Okay, thank you. Okay, any further discussion or comment on this item? I just want to say that I urge support for the item. I think that um, uh, this does go a long way towards some of the comments we've had in the past. I also like the fact that it's consistent with the state building code that's enforced in most other jurisdictions. So we're people who work here have a consistent set of rules. And lastly, the new green building code in the state of California is one of the most progressive in the country, if not the world, uh, and uh, goes a long way towards the goals set forth in our general plan related to uh, environmental protection and, um, uh, and protection of resources. So. Uh, I urge support for this item. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? And the motion passes. The ordinance will be back, Mr. Mayor, at the next council meeting for adoption. Thank you very much. All right, we are now on to item four, uh, adoption of resolution 2013-1385 and ordinance 2013-307. Request for a lot line adjustment, general plan amendment, and zone change. Uh, applicant, Las Virgis Municipal Water District.
project site is located at 4232 Las Virginas Road within the public facility zoning district and the Las Virginas Road scenic corridor. The proposed project has been determined to qualify for one or more categorical exemptions under CEQA, and this item was uh, discussed at our last meeting. So this is a second reading for adoption, is that correct? Yes, Mr. Mayor, for the, it's the second reading, the adoption of the ordinance and the adoption of the two resolutions. Uh, is there a request from the council for a staff report on this item? No, not from me. Uh, seeing none, is there a motion for adoption of the item? So moved. It's been moved. Is there a second? Second. It's been moved and seconded. Is there any further discussion before we move to a vote? Seeing none, all those in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? The motion carries and the resolutions are, and ordinance is adopted. Nice job, Tom. <laughs> the, we are on to item number five, adoption of resolution 2013-1391, approving a policy delegating authority to the city manager for acceptance of capital improvement program projects. Uh, this was continued from the October 23rd meeting. I believe there were questions from council uh, and a request for information from Councilman Bazajan. Uh, have those questions been answered or is there a request for a further staff report? We, we did a couple of things. We, we did the survey of nearby cities and also we incorporated, because the discussion was uh, going in that direction, the idea that uh, that if uh, I sign off on them, that then the item comes back uh, as an informational item to the council so that the council uh, is aware of, of, of what the project is. So that was a modification to the previous uh, staff report, but whatever uh, you deem you want to do is that. Thank you, I, I did notice that. I had a couple comments. Okay, this would be the time. <coughs> well, I appreciate the staff doing this chart, which is very helpful to me. And in looking at the chart, all the surrounding cities have council approval. Even, even some of the cities like Hidden Hills, which typically their council meetings, God bless them, last less than 30 minutes usually, and they manage to put this on there. Um, the ones that don't have council approval include Oxnard and Simi Valley, which are much larger cities and don't have a city manager. Well, they, they may have some kind of executive, but it's an independently elected mayor. Um, and also the cities of Santa Monica and Thousand Oaks, which do have city managers, but which have a much larger population and infrastructure and and a, a lot of projects, including redevelopment because of their size and their, and their business community, their commercial size. So that leaves us with the rest of the cities, which are much more similar to Calabasas, and they all have council approval. So I, I'm a little uncomfortable changing it away from what appears to be the, the consensus of cities that are exactly like Calabasas. Um, I, I looked at the arguments in favor of doing it, and they don't seem to me to be particularly strong. I mean, they're not weak, but all in all, they're, they're not compelling to change something we've done for 23 years. Uh, if 
you want to change a project sign-off to be the city manager, I wouldn't mind that. I think that might be a little bit more efficient and help um, help give the city manager the authority that otherwise would go to the city engineer. But I would take staff's recommendation on either way on that. However, I, I do feel at this time uncomfortable seating the council approval in light of this um, further information. James, can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. I want to know if, in your experience sitting on the council, this has ever been an issue, if there's ever been, if you can recall a single instance where a completion matter came before the council and there was any dispute, discussion, or, or debate. There were a couple, but not really anything of lasting significance. But see, I think that's part of the difference in our worldview, maybe, is that I feel like if something's working, and there's no reason to change it, I don't like to change it. Well, look, the reason that's been given for changing it is that it allows the city uh, to, um, to run the statute of limitations for claims from an earlier time period. So there's a protection to the city uh, of claims. I mean, you know, I, I like the idea that the project's completed, we have professional staff check that it's completed, and then we're able to start the time clock on any of these claims or procedures which put the city at risk for a period of time, as opposed to having to wait two weeks, four weeks, sometime, in some cases when we have council, only one council meeting a month as much, as much as six or eight weeks to be able to start running that statute. So to me, it's a protection of the city from those claims. I'm balancing that against having it come to the council what the council does. That's why I ask, because in my, I mean, I'm only on a couple of years, so I've only had a handful of these. There's never been, it's never been an issue. I don't remember them ever being an issue. You would have a better memory than me. To me, that's more important, running that time clock, protecting the city from those claims, than, and I said this the last meeting, than what other cities do. I'm sure people do a lot of things because they've done it the same way for 23, 45, 67 years. And um, it seems to me this might be better for that reason. So that's why I asked the question. I also, you know, should add that I have full confidence in the city manager, but, uh, by changing the statute, you're changing the institution. In other words, you're not tying it to any one individual, you're changing in perpetuity, you know, the position rather than the person. And so I, I, ha I have less comfort doing that. So, um, and because there, there was a time when, not with this city manager, that I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that at all, quite frankly. Someone's chuckling over there, and he knows exactly why. Okay. Um, <laughs> in any event, I, I don't. I'm not going to criticize the city manager because, and I hope Tony that you take this in in the in a professional way, in a in, in a political way, rather than a personal way, because I certainly have full confidence in you. But you know, no one's going to be here forever. We hope you're here a long time. But I don't want to change the ordinance. Look, remember what, what right. I said the last time. This was this was to to to, to uh, we, something that's ministerial, in, in my opinion. Much like remember that every um, denial of, of a claims used to come to council, uh, and and every claim that we had in the city was on the agenda, and then the council decided that it was ministerial and it devolved that to the city manager. But city, the, cities, yeah. we were the only city that was doing it that way at the time. That there there is. I do like to look at how other cities are doing it, Tony. Yeah, I, it, 
it's your call 100 percent. but that's just a philosophical issue with me and i'm gonna have to vote no on this okay are there any other is there any other discussion or questions um i Councilman i Martin. agree with Councilmember member and um and i i stated uh the last time why i thought that you know it should come through city council it's not uh you know we don't have a lot of these that come through but i think it's accountability and um nothing against the city manager but um i don't see the need to change it and um i would vote no on changing it as well all right is there any further discussion just for comment yes if I may. mayor you, you must have been looking at my notes because my comments were the issue for me was the purpose of this change and if the purpose was to, for protection of the city and I, put, I looked at the minimum time with no preliminary notice was filed of 15 days as being a trigger point. That might be between one meeting, let alone two meetings, that we might be allowing some protection. And my goal was, my focus was on the purpose of, and I do appreciate what other cities do in our surrounding area, but that is not determinative at all for me uh, of what I feel we should do. And the question I guess I have is what is the downside to it other than a change, which is all I am really hearing, it, and a, a concern for a future city manager, which, uh, which may or may not have the same uh, professionalism and ethics that yeah. our current city The city, city attorney has. can probably tell you, because it, it was partially based on his recommendation that we, right. did, that we did this, but in the end, the work has been done. The, the change orders have been issued. The council has approved the contract that accomplished the work. And all this is saying is, is that for legal purposes, the job is complete. And, and you can do it in more eloquently than I just did, but. Uh, Mr. Mayor, members of council, I think the city manager accurately and appropriately stated the purpose of it. Some council members have noted, it really is a policy decision for you folks, but it does have implications on starting that short statute of limitations for claims for stop payment notices and claims on payment bonds. And likewise, in addition, many of the projects which are funded through federal grants and, and uh, other sources of funds like state grants do not begin to consider payment until you've wrapped up that contract and recorded a notice of completion. And so if that's delayed, you may be, there may be some delay in, in obtaining funds from those agencies. I, and I should point out from a, just a procedural perspective, this is a resolution. And if at some point in time the city council decides that it's better to have these matters brought before the council, you can certainly put it on the agenda and repeal the resolution. Okay, any further discussion? I would just like to add that I'll be supporting this as well and, and um, would suggest that we maybe take a look at it a year from now and see how you're feeling. And if you feel strongly, you might want to bring it back to the rest of us. Okay, is there any further discussion from the council? Seeing none, is there a motion? So moved. It's been moved and seconded. Uh, all those in favor of the item, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Nay. Nay. The vote is three to two, and the measure passes. We will, um, the next item is going to involve a presentation, and I'm going to ask if we can take a 10-minute uh, break at this point. Is that okay? Very good. We will recess for 10 minutes. Listen to the sound of the early bird. I can feel the love for it. Good morning. Hello, my love. Sunrise. Hello, my love. It feels so good to 
We are back in session for the Calabasas City Council meeting of November 13, 2013, and we are on item number six, recommendation to award a contract award to Parsons Corporation for project management and construction management services in the amount not to exceed $2,750,000 for the Lost Hills Road Interchange Project. And uh, do we have a staff report? Uh, we do have a presentation. We have two, actually. Um, I'm going to go over the steps that staff followed in getting um, in selecting the consultant, and then I'll turn it over to the consultant so they can expand on some of the service that they'll be providing. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, to begin with, uh, city the city issued a uh, request for statements of qualifications on September 15th, 2013, um, basically to look for a consultant for project management services and construction management services for the uh, <coughs> excuse me for the construction of uh, the Lost Hills Interchange project. Uh, I just want to highlight some of the um, items that we were looking for in a consultant. Uh, for project management services, we were looking for a consultant that had experience in right-of-way acquisition. As we know, we're going to be transferring about 8.7 acres of property from the county to Caltrans where the project's going to be constructed. Uh, in addition to that, we were looking for a consultant that um, has experience in peer review. Uh, to review the uh, design plans that are being uh, completed as we speak. Uh, additionally, we're looking for a consultant that has strong Caltrans experience, that can navigate through uh, the Caltrans process uh, and, uh, and uh, for final approval of the project plans and specifications. On the construction management side, we're looking for a consultant that um, has experience with uh, project advertisement and bid support um, uh, during the bid support period, somebody that can handle uh, the administration of all the phases of construction, and we're looking for a consultant that can uh, do a complete project closeout of the project and be there to assist us during uh, any claims, uh, provide claims assistance if it's needed. Uh, the city received five statements of qualifications uh, from interested firms. The next process, uh, the next step of the process was having the um, statements of qualifications reviewed. Uh, as you see, we assembled a project evaluation board that consisted of project, uh, public works directors from neighboring cities, one of course being from the city of Malibu, the other from Agora Hills. Uh, we had Calabasas representation, of course, and finally, we had a representative from Caltrans, since that is the agency that will be receiving the finished uh, project. Three firms from the five were selected for the shortlist that were later uh, requested for interview. Uh, the firms are MS Engineering, Parsons, of course, and AECOM. Prior to interviewing the, uh, the three selected consultants, uh, we had the pleasure of having one more member join our team. That would be Commissioner Norman Buring. We're thrilled to have him on board. He is, as we know, a Traffic and Transportation Commissioner. Uh, he's also the HOA President of the Saratoga Hills Community. And finally, he's a registered professional civil engineer with years of experience uh, who has worked on a number of construction projects ranging up to $50 million. Uh, finally, the interviews were set for October 2nd, 
22nd for the three uh, consultants on the short list. Based on, uh, uh, based on the statement of qualifications that were received, based on the interviews uh, of the three consultants that included a 20-minute presentation uh, followed by questions and answers, uh, the evaluation board uh, selected Parsons as the highest ranked firm. After the uh, uh, interview process, uh, the city staff went ahead and reviewed the cost proposals that were uh, submitted uh, at the time of the interview. As you can see, the costs range from $3 million to $2 million. But what I'd like to add here is that MS Engineering and Parsons both, both based their construction period on 18 months, whereas AECOM, with a cost of $2 million, based their construction period by 14 months. Now, staff estimated that if AECOM had based their construction period on 18 months, the cost would fall between $2.5 and $2.6 million. Final staff recommendations. Um, the three criteria that were reviewed, of course, was the, um, uh, the project evaluation team's ranking, uh, the review of the cost proposal, and finally, follow-up of the uh, highest-ranking uh, firm, which was Parsons, uh, or, or references, following up of the references on the highest-ranking firm. Based on these three items, staff recommends that City Council award a contract to Parsons Corporation for project management and construction management services and the amount not to exceed $2.75 million for the Los Hills Interchange Improvement Project. Just a few words about Parsons here. Uh, they are a full-service engineering firm. They specialize in the design, project management, and construction management of traffic and transportation-related projects. Uh, they're a very respected firm, and they've done a, a number of uh, projects along the US 101 corridor. And most recently, they've completed uh, two interchange projects that are similar to what we are proposing. Uh, one being in Camarillo on Springfield Drive, and the others, uh, uh, and the other being on Reyes Adobe Bo uh, Road in Agora Hills. That being said, I'm going to now um, introduce our Parsons team here. We have Eric uh, Spangler to my left, Roy Fisher to my right. In the back here, we've got uh, Dragon, and I know I'm going to butcher his last name. Buha. Buha. Okay, Buha. I should, um, and we're gonna, uh, I'm going to turn it over to them. They have a presentation of their own, and they're going to get more into the details of what they're going to be providing for the city. Let's see. Uh. Okay, thanks, Andrew. Uh, good evening, Mr. Mayor and City Council. I'm happy to be here. I'm a Parsons uh, project manager for the Lost Hills Interchange uh, replacement project and uh, as Andrew said Parsons is a full-service engineering firm we provide services like environmental design we also are oftentimes program managers for, for clients for cities where we oversee consultants which is what we'll be doing in the design phase here we'll be overseeing your consultant which has been Hewitt Zollers to help them navigate through the Caltrans process to get the plans approved as quickly as possible so we can get the construction this summer. 
we have a lot of local experience on the 101, as Andrew has said. Uh, we've done both design and construction on the 101 through this area and going northwards. I am I'm Roy Fisher. I have over 30 years of construction management experience. Uh, I was with Caltrans for 29 years. I was their deputy for construction for LA County and Ventura County, responsible for all the projects in District 7, over 100 projects a year uh, at any given time. Uh, I have actually constructed a project very similar to Lost Hills Interchange uh, Project. I have it listed here as uh, Rosecrans on the 110 freeway where we replaced Rosecrans uh, overcrossing down in the city of Gardena and constructed a, an on and off ramp very similar to this, which is a cloverleaf off ramp and a loop on ramps, very similar mm -hmm. in nature. So I've been a structure up and a resident engineer, an office chief for structure construction for 25 years and three and a half years as a deputy. Uh, Eric Spangler, over here to my left, is our design manager. Eric uh, was chosen for this project by me uh, because he worked on Springville Interchange up in Camarillo. There's some similarities to Springville to Lost Hills in that there were also design services uh, added on to the construction management services. And even more uh, unique or similar is that both Dragon and Dragon, who's our construction manager, and Eric both worked on the same project. So they're a great team. Dragon doing the constructability reviews uh, during the design phase, uh, providing uh, a lot of insight for, their, for Eric, who then made changes to the plans that we more or less took over from another designer. So we've been in this role before, and uh, we look forward to do it here. Eric has also delivered four projects in District 7, which includes Springville, John S. Gibson, which is at the Port of Los Angeles, which is our client with Caltrans Oversight. Uh, he's also worked with the City of Moore Park doing sound walls with Caltrans Oversight, and most recently, La Cunada Flint Ridge, uh, delivering a sound wall package with Caltrans Oversight. So he's very familiar with what their re requirements are at each phase, which is 65%, 95%, and 100%. And so one of the, the main services that Eric brings here is what Andrew alluded to was the peer review. In other words, this is assurances to Caltrans that the plans are complete, meets all their uh, uh, policies and procedures and, and practices. And so, and Eric has already been working on that. We've already given items to the designer and we hope to deliver the 65% PSNE to uh, Caltrans next week. So, and he's also got experience with right-of-way uh, acquisition, which he did on Springville, and on his project with the Port of LA, he helped navigate some 65 temporary construction agents, easements for that project. So, he's very experienced with that. Dragon Buha, behind me here, is a construction manager, and Dragon has worked on a 101. Uh, on two projects in Calabasas, Parkway Calabasas and also Las Virginas. And he's worked on several others that we've already mentioned, such as Reyes Adobes, Canaan, and the Santa Clara River Bridge up in Oxnard, uh, including Oxnard Overcrossing up there. Uh, he's a former Caltrans employee also, an RE and structure rep. So he's also very familiar with Caltrans processes in construction, all the documentation necessary for closeout to make sure that Caltrans accepts the job.
or the project. Our roles on the project, you know, in construction is very important uh, for us to get the design complete. It's, it's a, a role that we're used to in Parsons. In construction without the plans, uh, there's no project. And so that's a part of my job is to make sure that we get a timely approval. We're going to go to 65% next week. Eric, as I said, is going to be providing a peer review, which ensures quick turnaround from Caltrans so that we can move on to the next step. And then Dragon, with his years of experience in construction on bridges similar to this, providing the constructability review, which ensures that we get the best plans possible that are buildable and constructible, and you're going to get the best price for it when you have quality plans. Finally, you know, when you're in construction, there's some inconveniences oftentimes to the public, and it's important for us in construction to keep that communication line open to the City Council, Saratoga Hills, and the businesses. And so we've added to our team uh, the Robert Group, which is a sub to us. They specialize in public outreach. Uh, Dragon has worked with them on, on projects such as Avalon Boulevard, which is not listed here. But they are a, a uh, they will be our point person. They're, they answer the cell phones. Dragon's also available all the time during construction, and they're capable of making presentations to open houses, focus meetings, TTC meetings, and the like to make sure that everybody's aware of what's going on in construction to minimize uh, disruption to everybody's life. We know that the community of Saratoga Hills is, uh, is dependent on the interchange here, and, and Lost Hills is the only way in and out. We also know that there's a lot of through traffic coming in from the cities up in the north heading towards Malibu, and it's important to communicate to all of them so that we know what we're doing all the all time. So with that, uh, that concludes our presentation. Our presentation. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Is there any comment or any questions from the council? Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Thank you for the uh, presentation and the documents provided by staff. We, it's uh, very helpful. Did read through it. Um, and, and this, uh, I apologize, I didn't get the chance to ask you this before. I understand that uh, the ACON bid, the other bid, uh, was based upon a 14-month completion. Did was there a belief or feeling that that was not a realistic completion time frame at all? That's correct. Um, uh, our design consultant had estimated the construction time frame being 18 months. Uh, two, of the, two of the three consultants that made the short list also uh, felt the same way. So, uh, and, and based on our own experiences, we felt the 14 months was, was too short. That's correct. Okay. And then the other question, uh, the only addition I would add to incorporate for the local event calendar, which we brought up tonight, oh. is the Relay for Life, which is May 17th and 18th at A Right, which is right north of, uh, it's on Los Virginis there, so Malibu Canyon. Uh, Was that May 17th? 17th, 24 hours event. That's my birthday. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> they planned your birthday to celebrate all night long. <clears throat> And the other question I had was about uh, funding. I know I, I, we are expecting that those funds to come. Is that something that uh, through the, throughout the process, council will be advised as to the funding availability or acceptance or receipt of those funds? 
Uh, we will keep uh, council updated. Now, of course, this is all Measure R funded. Right. Yeah. Which which we have not yet received, if I'm correct. No, no we 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 have gotten the board the the, uh, the board has approved most recently the seven million dollars uh, plus up to this project that we spoke uh, a while back. Right. So uh, there is, and we're still uh, hoping to get the additional five million dollars from the Tiger. Uh, which would supplement perhaps having a nice larger contingency right. on on the project, but but we we do have the funds to go ahead with the project. The initial portion. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's All right. It. Any further questions or discussion from council members? I just I want to Councilmember Bazzaggi. I'm sorry. Was I go ahead? Nope. Go your your turn. Go ahead. I, I wanted to uh, thank um, Parsons. I appreciate your the documents you submitted and your presentation and also would note that I, I think you did a very nice job on the uh, Reyes Adobe uh, area which you know is the one we're most familiar with over here of course um, but thank you and we look forward to a good relationship hopefully any other comments or questions Councilmember Martin um, I just wanted to to make a comment that um, you said you know you were going to make communication to the uh, residents and everything. That's usually what we uh, hear back that, you know, we haven't been communicating enough to letting the residents know that this is happening. Um, so on both sides, you know, if we, you know, we really have to make sure that everyone is aware um, in the school district that, you know, all this is happening in the time frame that it's happening. Um, is it my understanding that, you, that you've already been working on this? that you have it up to 65% to turn in next week? Uh, that's, that's correct. The uh, design engineer has the plans and specifications up to 65%. Uh, that's, uh, been, uh, that's being submitted. And in addition to that, our peer review by Parsons would start immediately once the uh, uh, contract takes effect. Okay. Thank you. Councilman Mauer. I also wanted to just reiterate this community Saratoga is a very engaged community and requires and, and demands regular updates so I would go so far as to suggest at a minimum that you meet with them quarterly at their HOA meetings they can broadcast it and people can come and also for those coming through the town if you could put up um, informative signage about uh, obviously I'm assuming you will the date that it will begin and end and when will that be? Construction is estimated for the uh, end of summer, groundbreaking. That's, that's what to we begin. have to begin. Mm -hmm. yes. At the end of next summer, 2014. Yeah, and then we could add 18 months to that. Yeah. Okay. And then um, if you could put a phone number on that sign. Uh, you mentioned that you had people accessible daily. I think that would be helpful okay. to the residents. And I know I've told this story before, but I can't believe I'm reviewing freeway off-ramp and on-ramp designs. My father insisted I be an engineer when I was younger, made me take drafting classes, and when I told him I did not want to be an engineer, and he said, why? And I said, it's just, I, 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 it's just too boring. <laughs> and he said, but you could design the on and off-ramps to freeways. And I can see that it really is a tremendous project and this is probably one of the most exciting things happening in our city in a long time and I have great admiration for you engineers and designers of freeway on right on way 
on ramps and off ramps. So good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Marisa, did you say you wanted me to put your phone number on the sign or a phone number on the sign? <laughs> no, no. I want, I wasn't clear. I, um, <laughs> the, uh, I, I'm, I'm very pleased with the process that was followed in, uh, in reaching this decision. The staff report was very clear. The public should know that we did receive one piece of correspondence. It was from uh, Norm Buring, our traffic commissioner who participated, and he supports the item, supports the, the awarding of this contract to Parsons. Parsons, of course, is a, a very well-known company uh, that does uh, is well experienced in these areas and does tremendous work, and uh, there's no doubt in my mind as to their uh, qualification. Um, gentlemen, and they are, at least this part of the group is all gentlemen, there were some women, and there are some women on the project team. Um, uh, I and this council and the residents of the city expect uh, a couple things. As you can see from our civic center, this is going to be the second largest public works project in the history of the city after our civic center. You can see the level of quality that we expect. And so while this is a big, honking, concrete steel bridge, we expect it to be the nicest uh, big, honking, concrete steel bridge um, uh, when it's completed. That's the expectation of the people of the city of Calabasas. They expect it to be, we clean up after ourselves in Calabasas, so we expect it to be uh, clean. And that, and, and what we do at the city, we spend a lot of extra time uh, minimizing impacts and, um, and minimizing inconvenience uh, to our residents. So that's the expectation uh, that, that we have with you. I'm confident that you'll do that, but I want you to have that message uh, loud and clear. And uh, regardless of what phone number you put on that sign, if you don't do that, they're going to call me, okay? <laughs> and for $2.75 million, I, I don't want them to call me, okay? So I don't want to get those calls. And that's, that's the expectation we have with doing this with full confidence that, uh, that you're qualified and, and able to do that. So uh, I'm, I'm going to support the item uh, based on that. Are there any further comments or questions? Is there a motion? So moved. Second. Second. Item's been moved and seconded. Any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor of the item, please say aye. 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 Opposed? The item is passed. Congratulations. We look forward to working with you. And thank, thank you, Robert and Andrew. Thank you. Okay, we are on item seven. Discussion of city policy to replace missing or damaged property address placards. The Parsons guys are running out of the room before they start having to glue no, They're going to get to work right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mayor, yes. member of council, this item. Uh, back in April of 96, this item was presented to council, result of, if you recall, people come to city and try to paint a number on the curbs. Uh, we were fortunate enough to install all these placards back then on public streets in the city. After so many years, some of these placards start either falling off or with accident or other type of issues, we have lost some. We were getting calls and we had a department policy that if resident called, if they have the sign, uh, we send our contractor to reinstall it, this time screw it in the curb and move on. And if they lost the placard, we were asking them to pay $50, we purchased the sign, install it for them. That's how we were handling this till we had 
um, series of calls comes in and uh, we start doing investigations. So I ask an intern to look the citywide and after an investigation, by my big surprise, we had over 500 missing signs. Well, first I want to see if residents have those signs because those cost money, believe it or not, they're about $47 each plus tax and shipping. Well, when we send this uh, card to the resident that their plaque number was missing, only 200 responded and they just said, well, it's lost. It's just, if you're going to replace it, just give me a brand new one. And that's where we were with that. So at this time, um, we have a policy and we have implemented, but it's not many people that have called and sent $50, maybe over a dozen. Uh, about the last three years, we have done that. Um, at this time, um, uh, we can continue our policy that we have to replace placard per citizen request to pay $50 and we purchase the sign and do it. Or city council has an option that uh, we call the supplier. We ask him to give us a price if we order over 500. It's still, I was hoping to be a lot less than what I was expecting, but the price will add up about uh, 20, $5 per sign and $20 to installation. So total of $45 plus tax and delivery. So that's what we are looking at. So we are estimating to be about $25,000 if we do only the one that responded to me and the one that they didn't, we have it on the list. So if you're gonna replace 500, you're looking at about $25,000 replacement. Plus in future, we will have people calling. So we have to continue this practice or continue the existing practice that we have in hand. I did not have a lot of complaints. By the way, this is not a code requirement. This was just additional services that we did for our resident to bring uniformity. When we got the grant on the street name sign, we did this one too throughout the city. At this time, um, I just need direction from council to see how to proceed with this item. All right, is there any further, uh, are there questions or discussion on this item? Councilman Bazaja. I have several questions. I'll go as quickly as I can. The 541 number, does that include gated communities? No. What, as I understand it, we had put uh, these signs in gated communities before. No, right? we did not. Only one well, actually, that wasn't gated, we did it. They didn't let, become gated later. That's right. We did it Correct. for a couple of the communities that later became gated. There were a Correct. few of them. Do we offer the option of having these addresses put in in the gated communities if the HOA pays for it? I have not done that, but we can, if council desires, we can send them a letter, tell them that this offer is on table. Because separate and apart from that, I'd like to do that. If we can't, I don't think we can use public funds for that, but we can certainly make the arrangements so it looks consistent. Sure. Let me tell you my thoughts on this uh, very briefly then. Um, I view this as a question of aesthetics for the general public, just like there's trees out and the median strips are kept nicely and everything looks very clean. Um, it also facilitates the flow of traffic. It helps public safety. And in my opinion, just because a resident doesn't want to pay for it or doesn't, doesn't respond, I mean, it really is a city overall that gets the benefit of having the city look different and nice compared to other communities where you can actually read the addresses as, as you go along and it, it's a consistent way instead of a makeshift way like you had mentioned. Um, I've seen many makeshift things done now that these, these things have gotten uh, over time. 
I would, it's not an overwhelming cost, and I would just say it's part of the capital improvements of the street in a public street and, and facilitating the overall public good. It's a reasonable expense. It's cumbersome to just simply try to keep track of everybody, whether they want us to pay, whether they have the sign, whether they don't have the sign. I just say put them in. Um, don't do it all the time, but put them in on a fairly consistent basis every couple of years. Um, we do a survey, and that way everything looks uniform and clean. Okay. Any further comments or I questions? Councilman Moore. Uh, I agree with Councilmember Bazajian completely on, on each of his points. I have a couple questions. The 541, when was the last time we did a survey? It was exactly about four months ago that uh, intern. This, this one. Correct. Right. But that, that's it. So this has been since 1996 that we've lost. How, what year did you say you put these in? 1996. Okay. So, oh, we've so lost so about five. Right. We have, but I'm trying to gauge how many we would annually have a year to maintain. It really depends on the location and stuff, but I'm not expecting to be more than 20, 25. Uh, so 20 to 25. So right. that's if you a look much at from 96 mm -hmm. till now, it adds up. To yeah. If, if we went with the logic of Councilmember Bazajian and just made it part of our capital improvements program, then we would only be seeing 20 odd placards a year. We're playing catch up right now. That is correct. I have to say that um, I, 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 think it, I think it's a safety issue as well as an aesthetic. And I would support doing this one time larger expenditure and then a maintenance. I'm putting it in the mix. Okay. And sending maybe a note to each of the gated HOA communities saying mm -hmm. that they can buy. I mean, I think some of them would definitely do that. We'll do. Why, why would they have to buy? We can't use public funds oh, to right, improve right, the street. Right, right. It's only done in like Calabasas Hills because that was not gated when we did it. Mm -hmm. And a couple of the others. Raywood. Correct. Any further comments or questions? Councilman Martin. Um, I agree with uh, my fellow council members. Um, now, you said you had sent a postcard out. Um, I didn't receive one of those, and I'm one that the placard fell off, and then I put it up against my mailbox, and then I guess somebody liked it better than they wanted the numbers, and it's gone. So I didn't receive a postcard asking you know, me if I, if I, I had it or to. if I wanted it. So. That let could me, be one of the reasons why you only got 200 responses back. Let me I don't double know. check why you didn't receive it. Her Maybe you already had your name on the list. But oh, because you already had this my name was on the list. created after I received several calls and several council members went to Moldwood homeowners. This whole thing started it, so we just decided let's do the survey. But if it was already on the list, that means it was missing and we had to replace it. So out of the 207 that I have, I believe over 50 were already established, so 150 responded back. Oh, okay. So that's why I didn't right. get one. My but if you do it, we're going to do all the missing one. That's what the report is saying. So, yeah, I, I think you know once we do this catch up, and then if we just do maintenance, making sure Correct. or I can add it to my yearly budget uh, right now. We get the signing call. striping budget every year, and we just add the cost of twenty average per year to that budget. Yeah, I th I think it's that it's needed and. You know, it is part of the aesthetics, and it just makes it look nicer. So I agree with the other council members. 
Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro. Just very briefly, I, again, I view it more as an aesthetic item and a door-to-door uh, -door notification of what address you're looking at, which is also important. Uh, more than the safety, it's, it's uniformity in the city. Uh, I had no problem with the prior process one by one, but I certainly understand my fellow council members uh, view. What is the price break? I know you say at 500 there's price break to uh, right down now, from 47 to 20. Right Sorry. now, the process, the way these are porcelain and they have to be baked. The cost of porcelain is really changing like a gold. It's amazing. One month we order them, they're like $32. Next month are $42. Right mm -hmm. now the price is $47. Right. So I finally called the owner. I said, if I order 500, what can you do for me? I realized they bake this at batch of 100. Mm -hmm. And if he keeps the oven at 400 degree, he can do 500 in one day. So he really worked hard to give me this value of $25 for 500 if I order them. And otherwise, up to 100 is the same price for him because it's the same cost. Okay. I, I noticed that was a substantial change. Correct. It's and almost If half there the were price. two or 300 ordered, is that somewhere in between or is it well unknown uh, at this point it's unknown but again I called owner of the company we've been dealing with them since 96 they provide our street name sign and this is actually designed by city of Calabasas no other community has this right. porcelain signs and they're doing them based on our specification and code and um, he gave me a price that I double check verify it before I put it on my council report. okay thank you Yeah, I guess on this one, no one wants a list of all the other cities that do this, and who does it and who doesn't. Was that sarcastic? <laughs> was, was that sarcastic? Um, I, um, I have had absolutely no one ask me one single question about this in any of my walking to campaign in any of my in any, in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't believe that it's a safety issue. Almost all the houses have the number on the house as well as, the, as on the curb. I haven't heard from the sheriffs or anyone else. You can tell the, the city staff can correct me if I'm wrong, if there's been any issue whatsoever of public safety, of people being unable to find an address, an emergency, fire, sheriff, paramedic, or others. Um, I think it is completely an aesthetic issue. We'd put them in, and now that some of them are missing, and so there's some unevenness. For me, if you told me we had $25,000 to spend, this would not be in the top 10 things I can think of to spend it on. So that's my position on this, is that uh, it, it is, it's not necessary. It's not a public safety issue. It's an aesthetic issue. We do offer, if your sign falls off, that we'll put it back on for free at a cost of whatever costs send the crew out there. $20 has been estimated. Um, and if you want a new sign, for $50, we get you the sign and we put it in. Uh, right. I don't mind telling people that and reminding them and seeing if they want it. Um, and I don't think that that's a, uh, an exorbitant cost for those who, whose sign has fallen off and they want to have it back. But, uh, you know, when I think of um, all the other priorities in the city in terms of uh, uh, in terms of programming, in terms of supporting education, in terms of lots of things that we do that uh, that we have limited discretionary funds, this would not be my priority. So I'm not going to support uh, going out and spending $25,000 to bring, you know, to put these placards back up ar ar around the city. Um, 
Uh, I, I, like I said, I have no problem with a program where we tell everybody that it's available and we advertise and so forth. I think we do everyone's house except the Gaines residence <laughs> and then see if you like it. If what? We do everyone's house except the Gaines residence. Well, my, my sign is there. I got nice big. Oh, okay. Your sign is there. Right? Oh, I see. Oh, so you're happy. No. Yeah. So, um, so that's my position on this. So is there a, um, this is a discussion of city policy. So what is, are you looking for a motion? Are you? Uh, yeah, but there, is a, there is a recommendation. The city's recommendation is to leave, leave the policy as it was, which is if, if somebody calls to replace it, we charge them 50 bucks, which is still the real cost of replacing is $75, $71, right? Correct. And, or if they call, we replace it for free if they have the, the placard there. So if council wishes to change that, then, then that's what is, you can do with the, uh, with, with the item here. Well, All right, so where does it, let's say we do that. Where does that come from in the budget? We have a budget that doesn't include this. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's an add-on add to the budget. At the end of the year, it, we just, we'll just spend it. And at the end of the year, if there aren't any savings from the rest of the budget, then... Uh, then we'll be off by twenty five thousand. Let's be fair. Amortize this would be a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars a year. Yeah. This is not, this is only twenty five thousand dollars because it's been so long since we addressed it. Right. Well, we, we that's right. It's a it's a policy decision that will cost twenty five thousand dollars this year and then one to two thousand dollars every year going forward, assuming that we keep up with it every year. Correct. That's right. So it's a commitment to not only twenty five thousand but to. 25000 plus an annual cost of, of that's estimated to be one or $2,000. I just think it looks terrible the way, you know, you go along in certain neighborhoods and every other house doesn't have it or someone's propped it up against the curb or someone has it hanging from a tree. I mean, it, it doesn't look nice, Fred. It was nice when it got installed. It, it, it was. It, my understanding is it was paid for out of mostly from grants. Uh, so there was a special one-time grant. Uh, I'm not sure that if it wasn't a grant and it was city money that the decision would have been made at that time to spend whatever the cost was to put them in, uh, all across the city. Um, and, uh, and now that they've been in the city for, look, we don't have to beat this to death. Whatever the council wants to do, the council could do. But, you know, after 17 years of having them uh, and 500 people who don't have them, I have no one telling me, no one coming to me saying, get me a sign or, you know, let's put them all back. Um, it, you know, other than, I mean, other than other council members feel that way, which is fine. And I can, I'm happy to be in the minority if I'm in the minority. I'm just telling you that that's my, my view of, of, uh, of, uh, can I call for the vote? of this expenditure. One? Well, a vote on what? We, we have a recommendation know. in front of us. change the policy. Cor correct. You're going to modify the recommendation and direct me to, to replace the missing, uh, and we'll double check to make sure that when we order them, that we order the right numbers and the right amounts so that we're careful, and then and then but to adjust and adjust the budget accordingly. Right. And to replace on a biannual. Yeah. Well, we'll right. that will go on my. Robert, we'll, we'll put it on. We'll put it on the regular uh, road repair budget, and we'll just from now on, every time we see one. We'll write it down and order it and, 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 and affix it. So that's what. Good. Okay. If so is that, the, is that your motion? That's my motion. That's the motion. Is there a second? <laughs> yes. Okay. Shorten that a little. Is there any further discussion? 
I just offer a friendly amendment if you wish to make it. This was a, rather than an ongoing budget item forever, that we make this a one-time item and that then we find ways to increase our budget so that we could afford it in the future without dipping into our general funds or other funds which might be used. That would be an offer of a friendly amendment. Um, I'd like to see this an ongoing. My reasons for supporting it wouldn't change. I, I wasn't saying, okay. I was. No, I mean. Very good. Thank you. Okay, it's been moved and seconded. Is there any further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, please aye. say aye. 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 Opposed? Nay. The motion passes four to one. We will move forward to informational reports. The check register. Anyone have any questions or comments on the check register? All right, then we will move to task force reports. Do we have any task force reports? Seeing none. We have one. We do? David. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Mary Sue? Council, or Mayor Pro Tem Shapiro and I met with two, the other four members of the Senior Center Task Force to get our nine um, submissions for the Senior Center and we have put ourselves on a very fast-paced schedule of reviewing and meeting and discussing and uh, interviewing and then we will be coming forward to the council with our recommendation perhaps as early as the first meeting in January that's our goal yeah they, we, you're, you may recall we submitted a, a an, an RFQ to get the proposals in we have that we had the proposals uh, the task force uh, selected who on the task force would be evaluating the proposals. It would be Councilmember Maurer, Councilmember Shapiro, uh, two folks from the, uh, from the savvy senior group that we have there, and then uh, Jeff and Maureen. And, and, and after that, we'll call it down to three. And, and from the three, then we will go, go interview the three a little bit more extensively and then make a final recommendation to the council uh, of, the, of the winning, uh, or the one we recommend start the, 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 the project. So. I, I have a question. I liked the process that we used today on selecting Parsons where we brought in people who had done projects before, uh, who had more professional and technical expertise to be involved in evaluating the the, uh, the statements of qualification. Um, this process uses volunteers, lay people. Well, Ma 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 Maureen has done this a lot. Just so that, I mean, so but so that the, the experience, and 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 it's not much different than the way we did the the, the civic center here. In, in the end, the council will will look at the uh, at at the proposal and but. That was a procedure that the task force set up initially on how we would evaluate this stuff. And so, but if council wishes to change it, I well, guess. Well, I'm just asking, you know, why you wouldn't want, you know, an architect or someone or, or someone who has, uh, you know, from the city staff person from a city that's built one of these or someone with more technology expertise. I have no problem with the people you listed, um, except my knowledge of them. I mean, Maureen has done this before, but other than that, 
These are not people with either architectural expertise or experience in building these types of buildings. And I liked that process today when we discussed how we developed a committee to pick a, and it, it's, a, it's, it's a slightly different type of thing that we're picking, but still, I'm just wondering if there's some hybrid or, or, or some uh, additional expertise can, that can be on that committee. What, what, Mary Sue, what do you, what do you feel it, about it's that? A, it, it's a different kind of approach. Now remember, we're not, we're, we're, we're going to do a design build. And so we're picking both a, a, a proposer, which are people that have, mm -hmm. that have done a request for qualifications. That we're, so it's a, little, it's a little bit different than, than what we're talking about an engineering firm like, like, like Parsons. And then once it's selected, we go in a completely different process, which is negotiating with the person we select over the budget and what they're going to give us. And so it's a design build, a little bit different. But I'm, I'm sorry, Councilman. No, go ahead. That, that was helpful. Uh, and 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 we plan. So it's so it's not as much a technical uh, consideration of of, but 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 more weighing the, two, the 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 qualifications of the two and then bringing them on board and then seeing what. And one of the provisions that the, that, that the task force made was when we, when we get down to three was that they do a conceptual uh, drawing, right? We, we said, yes. what would you think off the top of your head would be a conceptual drawing of this so that we can present so that each of them would, we can compare what they would actually be doing. So. Uh, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not discounting what you're saying. I, I'm not discounting what you're saying either, but because I haven't even opened one of the proposals up yet to really get a sense, um, I can't really respond, but I think that if I shared your concern, I would bring it back to the council and say we would need to add it's some. It's not on the agenda tonight. Please. Right, no. right. Right. I mean, I would. I have a question. Yeah, I, I'll just say I'd feel better if we had an architect on the committee. Maureen's an architect. Is, yeah. yeah. Well, or, or and, and more, I, have, I have Maureen that I have no problem with, but we could have, you understand my yeah, concern. I, 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 I have a question. If we have two council members on that committee and you bring it to council to award the contract, you would already have two supporting it. Correct. Absolutely right. Yeah. There, well, but that be, happens with a, any of our committees, budget it'd be committee, a recommendation, the same oh, okay. budget. It'd be a recommendation from the, uh, in this case, it would be a recommendation from okay. the senior center task force to the council to select whoever this, and, and then the council w can certainly question every, everybody who was involved in the process, why did you do this? And if the council doesn't feel that that's the proper selection, then the committee the com would go back and, 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 and redo the work. You know, maybe you ask some experts to provide some written comments or something, at, you know, to the group or you something. You know what, I, I, I'm getting a suggestion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm making comments. suggestions. We're, we can but, make suggestions. Again, the item's not on the agenda. You have a committee. If the council actually has concerns of who is on the committee, you might want to bring it back. And that triggers a whole new uh, concern about the Brown Act application of that committee. The council starts appointing individuals to a committee, it becomes potentially a legislative body. Let's, let's just move on. All right. I, I don't agree with the city attorney's interpretation of that, but I've made my point and the, and the task force hopefully will consider those as they, as they move forward. Um, okay. Any, any further task force reports? I'll just give a very brief one, if I may, there, that uh, 
Councilmember Bazajan and I, along with uh, Mayor Gaines and Councilmember Martin, were present. But we did have our annual meeting to distribute the funds, which I mentioned earlier, to the PFCs. All schools were represented, all six schools in Calabasas, the Title I and other grants that the city provides, and they were extremely grateful, generous, and appreciative of how unique and fantastic and amazing our city is uh, to provide the support to this, the PFCs uh, for our schools. And, and separate and apart from that, I visited four of the PFCs this month, their board meetings. They were all very, very grateful, and, and they did specifically ask me to, to bring those thoughts back to the city council and how grateful they are for those, uh, for those grants. Any, any other task force reports? City manager's report. Um, yes, I see, I, I, see uh, I think you see that on the next agenda, we'll be bringing back the resolution uh, for the annexation of Craftsman's Corner. Uh, we had a follow-on meeting with the uh, commercial property owners of Craftsman's Corner. I think we've answered uh, all of their con all of their concerns. There's some internal things that that they got going on, but I think that's beyond uh, the, the the scope of us. In, in essence, they, they got some private disputes going on. But but I think we're fine. We're going to notice every single person there of the council meeting so that we'll mail them a notice so that everybody in Craftsman's Corner is aware that at the next council meeting we're going to be doing this. So if there's any comments, the council can, can, can weigh the comments. And that will start the process of annexation with LAFCO. And subsequent to that, we'll do the revenue sharing agreements with, with, with the county. Uh, you may know that the, that the Planning Commission approved uh, uh, Bernie's uh, conversion of Bernard's Wine Gallery into what he wants to do, which is a, a, a restaurant and bar. He plans to uh, have, a, when he talked to me, about 30 wines by the bottle uh, as, as a wine bar and then small plates. So we're going to, in essence, get another, a, a, newer, a new restaurant in, in Old Town. So hopefully it'll, it'll liven that up. As a uh, consequence of that, uh, it's the best wine sale in the city is going on right there. He's got 50% off. Uh, going on, on on all wines under a hundred dollars so so the city took advantage of that and we will be serving some very good wine at the holiday party so they they should have gone down there and uh, picked up the uh, the wine today so we got uh, some some very good stuff for 50% off uh, and while we're on the holiday party uh, talked a bit with the with the mayor uh, uh, who had some concerns, as did I, that more and more it's becoming kind of like an old people's party, <laughs> that uh, and that the city staff has 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 kind of fallen off in in participation in the uh, in the holiday party. So what what we're going to do this year it'll be different. We're going to do it in Founders Hall, and we're going to have uh, the theme is going to be uh, like a horse race. There's a company that puts on this thing, has programs, big screen TV. You can bet on the, you can bet on the race. Like they're real, they're, they're like derby. They're real races that have been run. We'll award the prizes, and so it'll be a little bit more like it used to be when we had it at the country club, which was the casino night, the doo-wop night, uh, those kind of things that brought out a little bit more because there was a little bit, there was more activity. And so then we'll have founders all set up with tables so people can sit down. We'll have a betting uh, cage set up and and I think it'll be a, a nice fun uh, uh, holiday party that'll be a little bit different uh, they'll actually do it for for money 
uh, they'll, they'll get they'll get play money to, to to bid at the end of the night. The city attorney opined that we can we can offer the big the big winner can get like a fifty dollar gift certificate, and the second one can get a forty buck gift. So we, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun, and and, and I think uh, and I think it'll be different than what we've done previously. So that that completes my report. So the new idea we came up with to get more people to participate is gambling and alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> and good good alcohol. <laughs> It, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work for voter turnout. What do you think? <laughs> yes. Yes. This was an idea that came from from the uh, from the staff. So it should be it should be very very nice. Um. Okay. Any questions for the city manager and the city manager's report? Future agenda um, items. I did. Yes. I did. Craftsman's mm -hmm. corner annexation. Uh, do we have an estimated end date, like when the process might be completed, based on the complexity of this one? Tom, Tom estimated that it'd be about two years. I think it probably is a little bit sooner than that. Okay. But I think within 18 months to 24 months is what is what. Okay. When, when this does come, uh, I guess it's at our next meeting, right. December 11. If you could, if you could have a presentation that goes through that and he does have the steps but maybe he can put the estimated time on the steps so that we do have an estimated timeline and Thank I'd you. also like an estimated uh, cost um, I know some of the staff costs are, are hard to calculate but to the extent there are out-of-pocket costs uh, I'd like to have that uh, sure. made public and come before the council um, anything else on the city manager's report Okay, future agenda items. We have the list of future agenda items that was I'd like included. to put the council protocols to make sure that they're done in January, or at least aim for that. How, how, how are you, just, just um, do we want to bring some, some written item to council on that with a staff report, or do we want to do it in a workshop or a format, what, do you, what would you like to? Um, we have a committee, James and I. You right. can slap we, something together. You can slap something We're, <laughs> We're going to put a staff cover sheet on it. <laughs> We're going to meet and make a recommendation. <laughs> That's what I thought we were Yeah, doing. I don't think an extensive staff report is gotcha. necessary. We'll write out most of it. Yeah. What do other cities do? Oh, <laughs> All right. Anything else under future agenda items? Hearing none. We have come time to adjourn our meeting tonight. Uh, as we discussed in detail earlier, we're going to adjourn in memory of David Brown, uh, truly one of the great residents of our city, contributors to the city of Calabasas, someone who will be remembered for a very, very long time for his great service to our city. With that, is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. It's been moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Uh, aye. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And we will see you December 11th for our next regular meeting. Our meeting is adjourned.